Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. All right. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. That's right. It's a week Four in the NFL, week five in college football. Oh, my. Where is this going, man? Slow down, please. Fellas, Jason (laughs) Fitz. I'm Anthony Gargano, broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com. We're going to help you get there in unmatched selection, fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. And, yes, it's going by too fast and Fitzy, this is something that I'm uh, neurotic about, and you'll learn this about me, that I I pine all year for football season, and then when it gets here, I start to complain that it goes by too fast. Like, all of a sudden, we're at the end of September. Like, that can't be, Fitzy. It's got to slow down. Slow time down, please. It, it, we're peasing a pot on this because I was talking to my, my buddies the other day about this exact thing. Because you wake up and you're four games into the season. And even though I know now the math is a little different, that's basically a quarter of the way through. So we spent all summer desperately waiting for the beginning of the NFL season. And we're already a quarter of the way through it. Yes. Like That just doesn't even compute when you start thinking about, too, how we get so invested every Sunday and then you just blink and all of a sudden you think, man, all right, well, now who is my team really a quarter of the, like a quarter of the way through the season feels like such a big statement versus just, well, we're a couple of games in, we're three games in. When you start saying we're a quarter of the way in, it just all changes the way we perceive where our teams are. Yeah, and, and it's brilliant because that's what coaches do, right? Coaches... They use four-game increments to really tell about their team. And and that's always – when they self-scout, you're always self-scouting, but when they always like to use the four-game increments because that is the like a perfect block of time, especially when it was a 16-game season. But to your point, I, I, I like it just – it messes with me. Like, I love the fall so much. And it's like all of a sudden September is over. It's September 30th. Like, I don't want September to be over. I want September to continue for another couple of weeks. I mean, October is going to come by. Uh, It's going to go too fast, Fitzy. (laughs) 
You know, but you remind me, uh, and look, I've, I don't have kids, right? So I don't pretend to know. But the number of my friends that do have kids that talk about their kids this way, right? Like where it's like, man, you, you just, you reach this period where you blink and all of a sudden they're older and like everything's different. Like I know oh, that please. this is, but it's a weird analogy with football, but it's sort of the same conversation where you blink and all of a sudden you're like, man, we're already this far into the season. And especially like the here we go again that happens when your team sucks. Like that is such a defeating feeling because you know, like, you know, the number of people that have asked over the years, you know, because obviously my beloved Raiders haven't necessarily had a good 20 years. The number of times people are like, ah, why do you care so much? It's like, you yeah, have other things going on in life. And my answer to that's always, if I knew, I like, I turned that part of me off, but I can't. Right. So I, I just think about like how every fan goes through this. When you start, you wake up one day and you realize, man, I waited all year. I was so excited for this. I needed this season to be here. And then you wake up and you're like, and now it's already a quarter of the way over. My team sucks again. Like all of these things just start yeah. compounding at once. No, it's, 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 uh, and your, your comparison with kids is apt. I mean, don't get me started. Cause because I could be like a blubbering fool. Like, you know, when I think about my boys, like my babies, and I'm like, now my eighth grader talks like this, hello, daddy. And it, and it, <laughs> it makes me sad. Like, I look at him, and he's almost as tall as me, and he's got a mustache, and I'm like, oh, God. You know, he was just this little boy with this little cute little voice and the, the tufts of curly hair, and, you know. And so I, you know, I feel you and, and it's true. It's funny. You talk about with, you know, your team and you have all these, you know, ex, you know, these expectations of grandeur. And then all of a sudden, like four games into it, you're like the bears. Like imagine you're Chicago, right? And you go, Oh my God. Like we were, had such high hopes for Justin Fields and, this was going to be such a, you know, this was going to be the year of the turnaround and the ascent. And they got all they got to do is look at their division. And they go, oh, my God, there's the Lions. And the Lions, the downtrodden Lions forever, are a true juggernaut in the NFC. Right? It's interesting when you say that because as, as, we're, as we're talking about this, it reminds me of everything that's like, heartbreaking and beautiful about the NFL all at once because three weeks ago we were all sitting here saying well Caleb Williams dad says that he's not going to go someplace that doesn't have the right culture so these Cardinals coming out and being so apparent in their crash for Caleb like that that's never going to stand that he's just not going to go play there and now we're three we're coming into the fourth week of the season and all of a sudden the Cardinals have turned out to look like a team that's out there really playing hard right playing for something and the Bears have just rolled over for dead at this point so it's amazing how even even just a few weeks into this season, what we thought is so different than what we're seeing. That's the one magical thing that, you know, you mentioned coaches taking it in quarter basis. I think fans should too, because a quarter of the way through, you sort of have an idea. The next quarter of the way is going to give you all that idea. And then you're still going to reach the back half of the season. And they're going to be fans like me watching their team sit there at the time at probably two and six, you know, and, and saying, Hey, we can go on a run. Like this is what everybody does. Right. But it is funny to me that even just a few weeks in, when you talk about the bears, you, you talk about hard Heartbreak for a city, heartbreak for a fan base, nothing like what they expected. And you also talk about how the entire narrative has shifted around the NFL based on the fact that they've been so bad for a few weeks. Yeah, it's wild, isn't it? It, it truly is. It's, 
it's crazy. And then, you know, elsewhere in the division, I, look, I know the the Packers, you know, got beat at home and all, but let's face that that out that old line was decimated by injuries. And I thought Jordan Love played well. I mean, Jordan Love to me still is I like what I've seen from Jordan Love a lot. And, you know, in the face of I mean, he was under duress the entire night. Stood tall, you know, brought it back in the second half. And while the game was, you know, was all Lions, I attribute a lot to that being up front. Like, if they can get that O-line right, I think they got a quarterback. I, I like Jordan Love. Yeah, I, I agree with you, actually. It's a couple of weeks in a row where he's been able to bring them back. Like, he seems very steady, right? Like, uh, they've talked a little bit about his accuracy issues. I worry more about accuracy when we actually see him with his with all of his receivers. Plus, he, yep. he hasn't played. I mean, we just sort of forget. And, and we sit here with Deshaun Watson and say, well, going to take him a minute to, you know, yep. to get the rust off. Well, Jordan Love hasn't played meaningful football, in a year, meaningful football in years. So, you know, I think we have to have a little bit of grace with some of this with Jordan love it. and the other part of it is just what do we expect you know like the lions were expected to come in and be this team by most of us over the course of this year so when the lions come out and do what what good teams do they win those sorts of games it's just the lions winning those sorts of games we're we're still in the evaluation learn to what what to expect stage for jordan love and that's much different and i'm, I'm with you i think you know coming into what week four now he has absolutely outperformed what i expected what most people expected i don't think he necessarily today looks like he's the next Aaron Rodgers, but also the Packers made it clear from the outset they didn't expect that. They were like, hey, it's going to be a bit of a year. Like He's going to need some time. And what do you know? They were right. And if they give him that and they're patient, I think he can be really good. Yeah, I think those factors that you said, receivers, right, you know, obviously not playing. And to me, O-line is, is everything for yeah. a young quarterback. And, and you know, it's it's the I don't look at I mean anybody can look and say oh my god you know you look at numbers and everything else. Look at the duress that he was under and look he never saw ghosts. He still stall he stood stood still stood tall in the pocket, right? Like that to me is the mark of a good young quarterback. And he and he made some throws and you know he he. He can move a little bit. Like he's got he I tell you, I like him. I I just do. I think he's legitimate. I think you know, when I'm watching young quarterbacks, you know, I mean you could see that he's got something. I just I feel it with him. And I, I'm impressed at you know, again, with all those mitigating factors. You know, it's pretty interesting because CJ Stroud has looked great. Anthony Richardson has looked great. Bryce Young has not. He'll be back Sunday, and he's not. And that, it's funny because I thought Bryce would because he was always the more polished quarterback. Yeah, and that's – I think Frank Reich also got a lot of the benefit of the doubt on why we thought he would look better coming out of the gates. And it hasn't necessarily yes. looked – hasn't looked right yet, you know. And, and the funny thing is – we're sort of sitting here saying, well, what about all these young quarterbacks? And I'm looking at it and saying, what were our questions on them when they were coming out? And have they been answered at all? The only question on Bryce Young was his size. And frankly, the size hasn't been an issue so far. Like, that hasn't been the issue for right. him. The issue has been that, you know, they look like a bad football team, you know. And he, he doesn't look as ready 
as C.J. Stroud, who's going through with a level of comfort, for example. And, you know, you, you talk about C.J. Stroud and what he's been able to do with that offense and how polished I, – I, I know I use that word too much, but how polished he's looked early on in this season. I think that's one of the great – like, okay, we saw that at Ohio State. We see that now, right? Uh, Anthony Richardson, somebody's like, we saw the athleticism. We see it now. For Bryce Young, the thing that really defined him in many ways, I thought, in college was that he found a way to make crazy plays all the time. He just found a way to always keep the, the, the ball in the air for Alabama. There was this moment of watching him that you're like, okay, this guy can just figure out a way to get a first down. And so far in the pros, it's just like it's three and out, and he's walking to the sideline sort of like, eh, well, we'll get it next time. It just hasn't clicked yet for him at all. No, I think you're you're spot on, man. It's, you know, again, and part of it is, New, you know, young team, bad team, you know, not a great line. I mean, it's all those factors. And again, what you alluded to earlier, which is, hey, this stuff, it takes time for young quarterbacks to establish themselves. That's the truth of the matter. At this position, you know, we because kids play right away and they don't sit like Aaron Rodgers did, you know, we have this we have this expectation that they need to succeed right away or they're a failure. And I don't think that's fair. Yeah. I mean, in a beautiful world, like I always say, I like things in threes. In a beautiful world, we would give quarterbacks three years to figure out if they're any good. Year one, you know, you can sort of get into the league. Year two, you can see what adjustments the player makes, what adjustments teams make against them. And then year three, it's all sort of normalized out. That that teeter-totter, that seesaw has figured its way out. Like year three is, to me, where you can sit back and say, okay, we got our guy. The problem is nobody wants to wait that long. You know, and it's right. funny. It's like damned if you do and damned if you don't for what we do for a living. Like I say all the time that the hardest part of what sports talk is is that essentially you're writing a book report every every week on something that like the book might turn out to be terrible but you like this chapter you still got to talk about it so then people freak out if you if you overreact early but then they freak out if you don't react at all so it's like the hardest part in the world is that we can't come on air every week and say well you know could turn out to be pretty good yeah. we'll see like that's yeah. bad radio so like we can't wait three years but realistically i think you know it, it, it's tougher and tougher to do it but it still takes that long to figure out if your quarterback's the guy yep yeah, you're spot on. A fellas brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, your RV, your boat, your ATV, whatever you got. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save. Progressive.com. Good morning, Figgy. How are you, Kevin Figures, our beloved Figgy? You know, you guys uh, started talking about, you know, this season and it goes too fast and failed expectations and use the Chicago Bears. That's probably a negative part about the NFL we see worse to first in divisions so often I think it oftentimes gives fan bases false hope because if you're a Bears fan and you thought they'd actually be good this year there was something wrong with you and I think a lot of us potentially saw that coming their defense was terrible last year there's no reason to believe it was better this year right and for all the people saying like oh just get Justin Fields some weapons whether he has weapons or not if he's not accurate enough to give him the ball what difference does it make so if you thought the Bears are going to be good this year with all due respect, shame on you. <laughs> well, I don't think people thought they were going to be good as much as I thought they thought that they would be the Lions of last year, right? Like where <clears throat> you would see them kind of make a stride. Justin Fields, DJ Moore, right? You, you'd see, oh, look, you mentioned you got some weapons and Mooney and whatever. and Because I, I talk a lot of Bears fans thinking, you know, this would be a big year as almost a bridge year. 
Yeah. But to your point, you're yeah. right. That bridge, right. That bridge is collapsing. Also, but like, there's a long-term lesson in this for every fan base, too. Because if you're a Bears fan and you were watching last year, how, how many Bears fans were saying, well, we have the most salary cap of anybody next summer, yeah. and we're going to have great draft picks and all these things. And it's just a reminder, like, sometimes even the concept of we have the most salary cap, you have to remember having the most cap space is like, Walking into a car dealership and you have the most cash ever, but it's not the kind of car you like. Like there are just because you have the money to spend doesn't mean that a the players want to go there or b the players are available that you need or c if the players are there that are available it's still a good value and you have to think right. about that right. So like I, I don't know I think there's like this cautionary tale in the way Bears fans were like well we got ninety million dollars in cap space and we're going to be able to do all of these things well, okay you got a ton of money to spend but who are you spending it on. So I just it, – it, we can all learn from this right now. Oh, big time. Big time. By the way, we got a couple other things going on today that we got to talk to. In addition to all of our college football and NFL, we got our Europe game, which I love. But, two, you know, one major thing happened this week, and Major League Baseball is about to go into the plus, which I, I, I don't know, Fitzy, how you uh, – you know, I love – the, the October baseball. And in Philadelphia, it's a red October. I, I, I love it. I, I do. I, I love it. The, the playoff joy baseball voice, is... The joy in your voice just yeah. makes me so happy with this. Uh, Fitzy, the, the playoff baseball, because it's it's so dramatic. It's the best... You know what's funny? Football doesn't change dramatically from September to January, February. It, it's still a game that every play matters and it's edge your seat but baseball changes drastically from you know july to october when you're when you're playing october baseball man it's pitch by pitch it's you know big the, the game slows down the every run every hit it's every you know edge your seat i mean it's you know it's it, the, the sport is amazing when it's played in October. Yeah, well, and it's such a, to your point, it's such a different sport. It, everything about it looks and feels differently. Like, let's be real. I, I went to a game at Fenway this summer with a buddy, and I think we spent as much time in the beer line and, uh, you know, grabbing snacks as sure. we did paying attention to anything. That's what you do when you go to a baseball game in the summer. When you turn on baseball in October, it hits wildly differently because you find yourself glued. Like, you're, you're, you're actually timing out when you can go get your drink, which is not the way you – I don't care who you are, you're listening. And you cannot convince me that you're you're watching the same way in March, the same way in May, I should say, that you're watching in, in October. It just hits differently, right? So uh, that that's the thing that gets you know the casuals into it. That's the thing that makes everything different. And it's just crazy to me that you can be a pretty good team, but as long as you've got the right uh, the right let's say mindset around the way you're going to use your rotation, you can have a totally different playoff. It's the wildest part of baseball to me every year. No, it's the truth. Oh, I, I love it. We're going to go over. There's a, the race in the West is just incredible. I mean, I mean, we're two days left in the season, and and those three teams decided by one game. I mean, it's unbelievable, man. It's there are a couple of games. It's unbelievable. So I want to get into that, and uh, also this week, you know, I'm also a uh, Sixer fan, Fitzy, mm. which is a which is like being a Raiders fan, and the blockbuster trade 
where Damian Lillard goes to the Bucks. Oh my, Dame and Giannis together. That's a that's an amazing pairing, dude. An amazing pair. Like I, I have to admit, it's like wow. That one caught me by still like a left hook. Tyson dropped me. It. Uh, I'll tell you this. It caught me by surprise, but I've never been happier that I have a massive box. I'll tell you the story later. I've got a huge box of Bucks gear here. Like I don't really have a favorite NBA team, but if I did. It'd be Milwaukee. So I'm, uh, you know what? I'm looking around and I'm like, hey, things are pretty good. Things are pretty good. Feeling really? Good oh, yeah, feel- look at it. Fear the deer. Look at yeah, that. Yeah. I, you know, it, it's a long, it's a long story. Complicated, complicated legacy for me. Grew up a Lakers fan. You know, lost that at some point. But yeah, I got a soft spot in my heart for the city of Milwaukee. Oh, I want to hear it, and particularly the Bucks. I want to hear that, Figgy. How about a Dane, Dane Dollar, in Milwaukee, dude? Didn't see it coming, but honestly, I think it's probably the best move for him. I agree. I agree. Not for my Sixers. Well, yeah. <laughs> probably one of the worst things that could have happened to the Sixers. Yeah. I'm hoping to get Drew Holiday. I'll get, I'll get the leftovers. <laughs> get them back, you mean? Yes. Correct. Correct. Uh, we got lots to get to, including... The face of college football on Saturday? How about Duke? Yes, the Duke Blue Devils are on center stage. We've seen Colorado and Prime takes over center stage. And now we got Duke. Duke, not basketball, football, center stage. We'll talk all about it. Where the fellas were just getting started on a Fox football Saturday. Polly Fusco here with Tony Fusco. Yo. Of course, you know us as the host of the number one rated show in all of sports talk, the Polly and Tony Fusco Show. Yeah. Now, the suits at Fox Sports Radio gave us this airtime because they wanted us to tell you how great our show is. Why? Yeah, instead of us doing that, let's just let our millions of fans do the talking. Yeah, play the tape. You don't know crap about sports. I mean, why am I even on this crap? Whoa, 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 whoa. That's the wrong tape. Wrong tape. Just forget that. Look, listen to the Paulie and Tony Fusco Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the south side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Fellas, 
from the TireRack.com studios. And don't forget, you got to tune in to Fox Sports Radio every Saturday morning beginning at 9 a.m. Right after us. 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific for Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. Brian No, Rich Hornberger, betting analyst Jared Smith. are going to have you covered three hours before kickoff. Every Saturday morning, listen to Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM, right here on the Fox on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Figgy, why don't you hit us with some trending, and then we'll get it going and talk about the Duke Blue Devils on center stage. I love it. All right. We'll start with some Major League Baseball from Friday night. The American League West race getting a little bit tighter, as tight as it can be with only two days left in the regular season. On Friday, Mariners beating Texas 8 to nothing. Houston holding off Arizona 2-1. to So the Rangers lead the Astros by one game for the division lead. The Seattle is two games back with a couple of games left to play. Astros do lead the Mariners by one game for the final wild card spot in the AL. The National League Miami scored all four of its runs in the eighth inning. They defeated Pittsburgh 4-3. to The Reds blasted six home runs in a blowout victory over St. Louis, while the Cubs lost in Milwaukee. So the Marlins have a one-and-a-half game lead over the Cubs and Reds for the final wild card spot. By the way, the Giants fired manager Gabe Kapler, Anthony Gargano's favorite manager, Gabe Kapler. Uh, college football, Oregon State. Bye-bye, Gabe. Bye-bye. Oregon State winning a top-20 matchup in the Pac-12 uh, over you Utah 21 to 7, BYU a 35 to 27 victory over Cincinnati, Louisville with a 13 to 10 win over NC State Cardinal now 5 and 0 on the season. Louisiana Tech defeated UTEP 24 to 10, and at the Ryder Cup, three of the four foursome matchups are in the books for the day. Europe currently leads the United States eight and a half points to two and a half points. All right, fellas, back to you. Oh, Figgy, can you believe it? Can you believe it? Oh. Game is out. I, I kind of can, <laughs> to be honest with so you. So give, give me the back. I need the backstory here. Oh, like, fellas, yeah. tell, tell them. Yeah, oh, I was about to in. bring I, it up know, to you, buddy. I was pour, a, pouring my fitzy. tea. Give it to me. Give me, give me uh, all the drama. Come on. Well, he, he, listen, the Gabe Kapler <clears throat> comes into uh, my town. And listen, the one thing about I love my hometown. I tell you about it all the time. I love it. It's my, you know, it's part of me. It's not... The uh, and I've traveled the world, obviously, and it's a little different than you know, you know, California in the sense that you know the Gabe is you know all about the he's he's his own character, right? Like it's he, uh, you know what describes Gabe Kapler? He eats ice cream and spits it out because he doesn't want the calories. <laughs> now, just imagine that, that that's all you need to know. That he spits out the ice cream. And he goes to a town that is known for a sandwich. Right? Like with whiz cheese and, 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 you know, meat. Right? Like, you know, it, you, know you knew that that thing was going to be a clash. And he just was the most frustrating, idiotic, uh, goofy manager that I've ever experienced he drove us all crazy. He balked at some of the. It became like a half a war during his tenure here, and so he was always one of these guys that I, you know, might have rooted against. <laughs> so, you know, when he was the poster child for the over analytics, 
when he tried to bring out the curveball machine, Bryce Harper laughed at him. And it was just one of these disastrous marriages. And you could see it would be a disastrous marriage. And so, and he was, you know, kind of a full of himself, haughty kind of dude. So when he goes and fails, it, you know, it feels pretty good. <laughs> this exactly, everything you just said, though, is why organizations have to understand the pulse of their city when they make any hire. Like, I, I, I know this, at the end of the day, we always say, well, it's always about wins and losses. Inevitably, every coach, every manager, every person in charge is going to lose football games. So the question is, how will they be received when they lose those football games? That's why I think you do have to take into account what's your fan base like? What, what, what does your fan base think? What, what, how, do they, how are they wired? Because if you hire somebody that's wired in a way that the fan base you know, connects with them, you get some level of grace and forgiveness for things that you don't get if they don't connect them. Everything you just said is just a reminder that sometimes even the people making the, the hiring decisions can get so lost in the, well, this is what's best for the team without understanding that, hey, you can also find something that's best for the team that also connects with the fan base. And if you manage to do that, you get a lot more grace in the process. I'm just saying. It's just something to consider. No, I, and you're, you're spot on. And the, pre, the team president at the time was uh, a carpetbagger and uh, Andy McPhail, by the way. And he came into the town, and he's the one who hired – Kapler and they they tried to turn the organization into just they had no analytics which was bad but then they went and used analytics as uh as a religion so it became like an orthodox religion and it 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 was just a horrible kind of marriage and Kapler was a completely different kind of cat who you know he's not a bad guy but he was just very full of himself and you know, I mean, one of these guys talking about tanning uh, the jewels and the whole thing. People are here like, oh, dude, just win baseball games. And stop taking my starting pitcher out after the fourth inning. You know, like they, they just didn't fly. You know what I mean? And, and, and you know, the team t- took him out for a steak dinner and they w- he wouldn't eat the steak because he didn't want to stay. He didn't want to stay. Oh, was bad. just eat the steak and shut up. You know what I mean? Like, give me a break. So that's kind of – that's – that's kind of the relationship that lasted there. Like you understand this from like your your squad. Think about the coaches. There's nothing worse than when you don't like the coach. When you don't no, like the no, coach I, of your team, whatever sport, it's the worst thing because you got he's in your face constantly. That's one of the biggest things that's changed in sports. I think over the course of the last twenty years, because you know I've, I've made the joke before uh, that if you think back to when I was a kid, you know, watching the Raiders when I was a kid. Let's remind everybody there was no Sunday ticket. There was, you know, they were on NBC when I was a kid most of the time, and you had to wait for the ten-minute ticker to come up on NBC, and you'd get a score if they weren't on the game. You know, luckily in Vegas they were on oh, a lot. Ten-minute ticket, you're bringing back memories, but, dude. Right, and then I would—I was so lucky. Mom and Dad would let me stay up so I could watch the George Michael Sports Machine. You know, yeah. that was the only way I was getting highlights. And like, I was yep. watching—you know—when we had cable, when we were lucky enough to have cable, uh, NFL primetime was just—that was the only way I could actually see what happened. Otherwise, I would walk to the corner store and get a newspaper every Friday and every Monday just to be able to read what people were expecting from the Raiders game and read what happened in the Raiders game. Right? That's—and I only say all that because. That's the way sports were covered, you know, what, 30 years ago. Where we are now, 
we're in a world where somebody has a bad practice. It gets covered, right? So now, all of a sudden, these little things, your coach, if, if you didn't like your coach in the 90s, who, who knew? Like, you weren't even seeing most of the press conferences. You were just reading what writers told you and you were hoping you had your way. Now, in, in today's world, if you if you don't like your coach, you, you have to deal with that person in every social media spot and every, like, it gets rerun on NFL Live all day, uh, right? Like, listen, every, every press conference is aired for every coach. Like, if you live in a town where – you know, your, your local team's playing, chances are you're seeing their news conference every night after a game. Yeah, and if you don't like the person, then it just it, it hits harder and harder and harder. Yeah. And look, we live in a world where – in a world. I feel like I should say that in my movie voice. We live in a world where, like right now, Bill Belichick, it, it's a real conversation. Like, eh, does he still have it? Part of that is because, let's face it, he's been prickly for a long time. So now that they're not winning as many football games, he's just a prickly dude that's making a lot of people mad. Like, I'm not trying to oversimplify Belichick's leg- legacy. I'm just yeah. saying that at some point, like if you if you just rub everybody the wrong way, at some point it comes back to haunt you. And now, as a fan, if your coach is a bumbling idiot, you're going to be reminded of that because it's going to be all over social media every day. If you don't like the guy, it's there in front of your face every day. It's like worse than your ex on social media is when your coach is just meh. Oh, it's it's so bad. We had a guy when I was a kid who coached the Eagles, and his name was Rich Cotite. No, oh, I remember Rich Cotite. Yeah, Richie Decay and Rich Cotite. We, 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 everybody couldn't. They just he was just a, it's a shame, man. But he was not the brightest guy in the world, right? And he was he would make the worst, the dumbest mistakes. And one excuse he had was that his chart got wet in the rain. His play chart. <laughs> I mean. Oh, man. Uh, could you imagine how it went over? What? You you never heard of laminating it? Like what? 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 Your plates are got wet. Are you like they couldn't run you off another copy? Like what, what, huh? Like how? Can you imagine? Could you imagine that whole thing? Like, and he was just the he was the worst. He was such a bad like a bumbling fool, and people just you know. And that's I, I'm still scarred by these coaches. Doug Moe, all these dudes. Oh, God. I'm still scarred by the second iteration of Art Shell when he came back to the Raiders and he hired a guy to be the offensive coordinator. And I remember it is sort of legendary now but amongst fans, but I remember I was so excited to read, like, all right, who are these coaches? And they were like prior experience. He was running a bed and breakfast for the last several years. He wasn't even in football. They brought in an offensive coordinator that had left football entirely to retire and run a bed and breakfast with his wife. And then who, was like, it? Yeah. who was it? Who was it? You remember? His name was Tom uh, Walsh. Oh yes, Tom Walsh was his name. Uh-huh. Yes, Figgy, yeah. yes. Because they started, they Thank called you, it the yes, Fitz. They called it the bed and breakfast offense, which was basically Aaron Brooks taking twelve step drops and getting sacked routinely every week. Oh, the B and B offense. That's, that's oh. what that was. Yeah, That's and it beautiful. was like this. It was also during that. It was during that Al Davis. We are going to chuck the ball downfield, no matter what our personnel says we should do. So it was. Yeah, it was glorious. I mean, I I know exactly how you feel, and there was so much lost hope in that situation to have had. And then not only that, but at the same time, remember, you know, Shanahan had been a Raiders coach for like two seconds for, right. you know, for a season and a half. And so you're watching your bed and breakfast offense while you're watching Mike Shanahan kick your butt every single year oh. with the Broncos. It's, it's good. That's why I drink. 
Uh, yeah, that damn right. And you know, <laughs> and you know what's funny? You know what's funny? You're so spot on here because when here's what happens invariably: the, the, that coach is a dope, right? And so he makes bad decisions, and then okay, you know, whatever that that happens. But then he argues that the fans don't know anything. See, that's what really drives people up a wall is when you got the coach defending their actions by saying that the fan base doesn't understand. And that's what it senses people. Uh, it's so much of life is about how you communicate, right? Like so much of life is about how you talk to people and how you, you refer to people and just remembering with some level, I've said a million times with what you and I do, right? Every every job I've ever had, music or now, has been fan-supported. So I don't have a career unless people decide to give me time, you know, and, and give me ears. And, and I'm, I'm forever thankful for that. Even if somebody comes in and says, I don't like your new show or I didn't like your last song, you still look at it and you're like, hey, thanks for listening. You know, that's always been my approach. It's just, hey, thanks for listening, right? Because at the end of the day, we don't get to do what we do unless people listen. I think there's some element of coaches that just need to understand. They always ask. As a, as a general rule, coaches always ask players, represent the jersey well, well, no matter what you're doing, college especially. It's like, make sure you are representing the school in everything you do. I would just turn that that mirror around to coaches sometimes and say, hey, make sure the way you handle every single question you're asked is with enough grace that it represents the organization or the school that you represent. That's If you do that, things go a lot better when things aren't going well. You know what? That's spot on, man. It's completely spot on. All right. Uh, we digress because we digress and meander a lot on this show. So <laughs> we will get to Notre Dame and Duke. Trust me, we get to a lot of stuff. We're the fellas right here on Fox Sports Radio. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the south side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. All right, fellas, from the TireRack.com studios, he's Jason Fitz. I'm Anthony Gargano. We got Kevin Figures. It's the crew, our guy, Shay, Mighty Mark, producing this thing. So you got a, uh, Fitz, you got a violation? I got a violation. I got to get your thoughts on this. Okay, so you're going to learn something about me over the next month, and I hope it doesn't alter our friendship but i am a big 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 horror like genre fan everything horror movie 
I'm all into. And no, I like horror. I like it too. So, Halloween, I get into it too. Yeah, I like that yeah, stuff. Yeah. So, like the for for years, what I've done with the outdoor decor uh, is put up animatronics and like mannequins to represent oh, really? different horror movies. Yeah, like last year I had Dude, like 35 awesome. different horror movies in the lawn, and then you got friends that come out on the weekend and they replace the mannequins with real people in costumes, so you scare kids. Like last year, definitely had over a thousand trick or treaters come through. The whole community comes through. Like it's a big deal for me. Like Halloween. Is, oh, dude! Halloween. I love this. But here's here's where the violation comes in. That means last night, you know, Saw 10 opens up, Saw X. Opens right, up right, right. I got to go see it, right? Like, so, you know, I, I go to see all these things. It's a, it's a niche genre. I got to see it in the Yeah. Theater. So I go in there. I got my popcorn. I got my Skittles. I got my uh, M&M peanut butter. Or not, not peanut, peanut butter. Let's be clear. Uh, I'm not a savage. And so I'm eating all my candies, eating all my snacks. Midway through a very graphic and gory movie that was at times hard to just watch, I, I hear crying. And I look over, and the row in front of me in the end, a guy has brought his three kids that are all easily under eight years old, and they are screaming and crying. To saw. They're watching this girl literally saw her leg off, and they're crying at the top of their lungs. And it, uh, mind you, it was like at this point, 9 o'clock at night, like no, whatever, 9.30 at night. Like It wasn't early. These were three kids that were all like young. They were all elementary school kids, and they were crying. And then they started like trying to run out of the theater. And I'm looking over, and I'm thinking, I don't have kids, so I don't say this very often. But like, what parent is bringing their three kids to see the opening night of a horror movie? Got to strengthen them up. <laughs> Get them ready for the real world. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, dude, that's not a violation. That's child abuse. I mean, that's on what? Are you kidding me? I, I, oh, I my was, God. I was, I was shook, dude. Like, the movie itself was, like, I, I went with a buddy, and he, like, he was having a hard time. As an adult yes. that doesn't love horror, he was having a hard time watching it. And I'm like, uh, if he's having a hard time, and he's a, he's a grown man, I cannot imagine what you expect from your kid in this situation. No, no, no. That's that's horrendous. Like, no, that guy should be locked up. Are you kidding me? You can't take. You want to talk about tra- traumatizing a child? I mean, I mean, listen. You're talking to a dad who is all about the, you know, the Disney and everything else. Like, you know, we I watched them. I watched every one of those shows a million. Every one of those movies a million times. So, no, I no. That's that's. Horrendous! No, that guy needs a beating. He needs I, to get I'm, saw. He needs to have his toe sawed off. I, I'm all in now on the thought of, of Cuz just sitting at home doing. I can show you the world. Yeah, like a Dis- <laughs> yeah. Disney Cuz. I'm all in on this. Like you know, this, all this those, is- oh, everyone, Toy Store. Like if I told you, I saw every one of them a million times. Because, you know, I mean, the kids love it. So that's but, what you do, like, right? I, I look, I, I actually kind of like a lot of that stuff. I actually really like a lot of Disney stuff. But what's funny is that I feel this weird pull every year at Halloween. Because, like I said, the outside oh, is dude, that's, like... The tell me about this. It's graphic and disgusting and, like, it's all, like, animatronic. Uh, this year, uh, there's, like, a whole scene in the front that has, like, a table with dead bodies and leather oh face God. and, like, a wall behind. Like, so it's all this stuff. But then I also really like, you know, like, the cute sort of Halloween stuff. So then I, I sit there. I'm like, how am I supposed to, like, how am I supposed to balance these things where I can have, you know, cute Halloween stuff inside and then make you make you cry at night? But, yeah, got a whole soundtrack. Oh, and then, dude. like I said, I called the, the cops last year because I was like, hey— it's always a problem. Can you guys help us with traffic? And they were like, oh, we know that house. We love that house. So it's like, you know, people drive by Christmas houses all year. That's sort of what my house is at Halloween. 
Dude, I got to tell you, I want to drive up. Let's go. I swear to God, I, I want to drive up to take the kids. Let's little go. road trip. See Uncle Fitzy. Are you, are you kidding me? That's 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 so cool, man. I gotta I gotta you know it's funny. I got a million questions. Million. Uh wow. This is awesome. All right. We'll get back to Kyle's football coming up next. Fellas on Fox. Wow, welcome back. Fellas, a good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, everybody. It is a Fox football Saturday football weekend, the last day of September. As I have a little tear in my eyes, don't forget, become the alive from the TireRack.com studios, TireRack.com. We're going to help you get there. And unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Fells also brought to you by Discover at the end of your first year. Discover credit cards automatically double all the cash back that you've earned. That's right. Everything you've earned doubled. Seriously, see terms and uh, check it out for yourself. Discover.com backslash match. We were talking a lot about uh, we got into the lines. We got all over the whole whole gamut. One of the things we got to talk about, though, Fitzy is today's card and you know the Saturday night college football game is akin to the Sunday night NFL game it's the big story and tonight the big story involves Duke football unbeaten 4-0 Duke football Riley Leonard quarterback who's just fantastic going up against Notre Dame who lost uh, just a crusher last week. Wow, they had it. We liked the Irish against Ohio State, and they should have won the game, Fitzy. Yeah, my bank account still asked me what I was thinking, because I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. I started to feel real confident. In the second half, I was like, I'm telling you, they're going to be fine. They're going to be fine. I was uh, I was live playing that one. I kept going and kept going and kept going. So when that uh, – when that uh, touchdown happened and they couldn't get 11 people on the field for the last two plays of the game against Ohio State, uh, heartbreaking for me, oh. even as I was sitting with two friends that are huge Notre Dame fans. I mean, I, I looked at them and I said, look, you guys are used to that. And I'm not. So uh, I, I think this is one of those staggering moments, though, because how often have I been screaming that you can't judge current teams based on past teams' failure or success? So what Notre Dame has done in big games in previous years doesn't matter to this version of Notre Dame. It doesn't matter to these kids. I can say that and then also say, what the hell did I just watch? Like, I expected Sam Hartman to be much better in that game. He wasn't. I expected Notre Dame to be better in that game. I thought they could have been the clearly better team, and they just weren't. And then Ohio State finds a way to win. So I got to give credit to Ohio State. But if you're Notre Dame, you got to put that behind you quickly because now you need to start stockpiling wins against quality opponents. Duke is considered a quality opponent at 4 0, and they get the, they're hosting game day for the first time ever. Like, this is going to be such a weirdly hyped atmosphere for Duke. You know, Notre Dame's got to find a way to shake off that loss quickly. Oh, it's a horrible spot for Notre Dame. I mean, horrible spot. When you think about it, that you you got to go into, first of all, Saturday night, I got to tell you, I I, kind of had a little different take in that uh, I was supremely impressed by Notre Dame's off defense. And, you know, I thought that they were the better team the whole game. And I, I, I to lose that game and 
It, uh, to me, that's just heartbreaking. Now you got to turn around, and that place tonight will be wild, absolutely wild. Duke football? Are you kidding me? That's going to be an amazing spectacle tonight in North Carolina. Think about the Cameron crazies and what that means to Duke culture. And now think about what tonight means for Duke football culture, right? Like that's part of what's really interesting to me because I'll be honest, like anytime a school is hosting the pregame shows for the first time. And I, I spent a year on the road uh, when I was with ESPN. I spent a year on the road with game day. So I, I know that world very well. And what was incredible being out there with everybody is seeing how early everybody gets out to campus, which is sort of a joke. It's a running joke that you could go out at 3.30 in the morning and you're all going to have all sorts of people there for any of these pregame shows. What's interesting to me, though, that a lot of people don't realize is that that means there's actually a lull later in the day because in a lot of places – everybody's coming out early, they're drinking early, they're partying early, and then they're exhausted all day. So sometimes teams that haven't hosted before have a little bit less, like, you know, magic later in the game. I think Notre Dame's got to, and I can't believe I'm saying this, take the crowd out. Like, they're going to have to come in and sort of rely on getting that extra energy out of Duke early and then just go go in and, I don't know, run the football down their throats. Like This is this is one of those moments where Duke's getting a lot of love because they beat Clemson uh, because, they, because they look good early on this season. But I don't know that Duke has really shown us anything other than that one win that we can look at and say, okay, I mean, they beat Lafayette. They beat UConn right down the road from here that's terrible. They beat a Northwestern team that's barely a football team. So, like, this is a prove-it moment for Duke also. Yeah, no, no, without a doubt. I mean, I think it's a coming of age for that program. I like Leonard a ton. I think Leonard's legit. So I, I, I kind of look. I, I think it's a terrible spot for Notre Dame. Just a terrible spot. Now up front, they have advantage. I mean, look, this is a team that basically shut down Ohio State. It's a team with a with up front. It could, it could, it should be able to dominate. But you know, I mean, they got Duke. Seems to have a little magic. I got it was funny, you know, back in the day when I was covering uh sports for the New York Post, I did a, a I spent a week with the Cameron Crazies. You know, before the Carolina game. So I slept out in a tent with yes. uh, in So I I found a group of students. I was like, "Listen, if I buy you guys pizza and beer, can you hang can I hang with you guys?" And I'm like, "Yeah, man." So I hung with them for, and then wrote the whole piece, and it was a lot of fun. I had a Marriott. I still went back to the hotel every once in a while to shower, but <laughs> it, it was it was uh, it was great. I I loved it. It was uh, it was a great time. I love that campus. Uh, I love the fact that it's Duke football. It's different. It's interesting, and uh, I think it's 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 a cool. It's just a cool vibe. Like, give me when you. I love college game day. I I, I loved and I loved you on there, and I love that. I mean, what, get, tell me about your journey of like. What, what did you like that like that year? What was your favorite stops? Man, I think there's something about Baton Rouge that that hit. I what I really and, and you'll appreciate this based on what we were talking about earlier. When I went down to LSU. What hit me was everything makes sense. And at the time, it was Ed Orgeron was the coach, right? And as as I was standing down there, just watching, you know, the way everybody lived, eat, and breathe, all of it, all of those things, 
Uh, it was unreal to me because what you saw was a real connection between the city and the fans and the school and the team and the alumni. Like there's just a there was a bond and brotherhood to that that made it feel like you could have been a kid that walked up that was an economics major and Ryan Clark was going to treat you like you were one of his best friends because you had that common bond. I, I, there was something really special about LSU. I I also I was lucky enough to see a whiteout at Penn State that was unreal. Uh, I hung out with the best damn band in the land and. and Ohio State that was incredible like like you think about what each of and that was really what what I walked away from from that year was thinking what's crazy about college football is that every one of those atmospheres is like nothing else and they're impossible it's like you you, you know you can't figure out which kids you love the best Uh, they were all so amazing it's really incredible how every city has found a way to do football they're like Lincoln Nebraska you know, when we were walking through Lincoln and like we were just walking through me and one of my buddies that was working on the show, we were walking through and weren't wearing anything. Nobody knew who we were. We were just walking through. And as we walked through this one gas station, literally somebody on the corner was like, yeah, come in and party. And they were just giving away food and drink to every person that walked through the gas station because that was just what they do on Saturdays. And like you think about the way cities, not just not just campuses, but cities shut down for college football. It's the most magical thing in the world. And the unfortunate thing to me is that we live in a world where every college football town feels like they have to hate every other college football town. I think that there's just so much to just learn and love about going to all of them. It's really incredible, man. Dude, I can't believe you said that, any of this. Figgy, how about it? That's one of the things that, that we talk about. You know, before you joined the fellas, we used to talk about that, how the country celebrated college football in every different in every corner different the culture of college football how about it fake how many times do we have the same discussion all the time and how amazing it is especially when you talk about going to the small towns and how it's everything to them and that that's the thing that makes it so special and, and so amazing and hearing those stories coming from you fits that something that i hope to experience at some point now, i know a game day was out here for a ucla oregon game last year but it was six o'clock in the morning and still dark outside so it's a little bit different uh <laughs> but still the, the 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 atmosphere that you see at, at game day or even with big and kickoff you know there look both broadcasts were at Colorado a couple of weeks ago and how amazing yeah. was that you know so that there's just a, an amazing atmosphere to see everybody come together uh for one cause and one purpose to celebrate the sport of college football is is amazing to me yeah and I'll say to that by the way iron sharpens iron with all of that like the the year I was out we were in Columbus the same time that big noon was was in Columbus and that was that was wild seeing two sets and two like I look at all that stuff and I was like man the more the merrier to to make these like to tell these stories of of how great these cities are and you know where to eat and where to drink and where to party with everybody the night and like the the atmosphere when you're on a campus in in a city not even on a campus but in a city because you're right Figgy like so much of these are just like the whole city's taken over when it's the night before that game Man, it's electric. Like, as much as the NFL is my baby and the NFL is my favorite sport in the world, there's nothing better to cover than college football because you just – there isn't ever going to be a regular season Raiders-Chiefs game. And I, I, I say this as a guy with a Raiders tattoo. There will never be a regular season Raiders-Chiefs game that energizes an entire city the way that cities get engaged for Georgia, Alabama. It just it just hits different. It really does. Like for Ohio State, Michigan, like those things just hit different. 
I wonder, you know, it's funny because I, I and I listen, I agree with you. I haven't covered college, uh, college football as a writer. And, you know, I, I think the same thing. I loved it. It was my favorite thing. I loved going down, whether it was Tuscaloosa or out to Eugene, any of these places. Like, it, it just brings out the best of, of and really the melting pot of our country, what makes our country so amazing and so beautiful is that when you can cherish every nook and, and cranny of it. And, and I, to me, through football was the way to do it. And I just thought it was awesome. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. NFL, I, I wondered, could you do the same thing? Could you have an NFL game day? Like, you know, like it was interesting watching Amazon and you see the set in the stadium. And, and it was kind of cool because the Lions fans – that made their way to Lambeau, and you know the whole post game was all Lions fans in in you know high point revelry. So can you do the same thing in the NFL? I think they could. I, I like. I think, for example, Sunday Night Football. They could do a, a show from Sunday Night Football, and people people would probably be out. But it, it's tougher, man. Because like I think it's because. Like, look, Philly, Philly, and you know Philly better than anybody. You know how much the game means to Philly. The question is, would everybody leave their house and go to a set and sit outside for four hours? Like, the weirdest part about well, game Well, the answer Phil, of, here is yes, like with an exclamation and, and, point, you know. And, and that and I was genuinely asking because, like, yeah. the weirdest part about, about game day, there are two things that make it particularly hard, or big noon, any of them, is that, uh, one, you're sort of away from, like, you have to put the set in a place where people are kind of away from, it's like, you're not watching TV, you don't see what anybody else is saying, and then there's these long lulls. Like, the year that right. I was out, part of what, what we were doing is, like, we were doing games during commercials and trying to keep people you know, hyped because when you get to the last hour of the show and you've been on for hours, right? Like at that point, the crowd's been out there for five, six hours in the cold sometimes, in the heat yeah. sometimes. They've been out there five, six hours. It's just sort of like peter out after a while. So it, it, it would be interesting because I, I can tell you this. I don't think as much as uh, my beloved Raiders, I would think, you know, they have this great, they great fan base. They do. But would you be able to set a set up that would get people six hours before the game to leave the casino that they're partying in to go stand outside and just be part of it? I don't think so. And so I think that's a... That's the hard part. Yeah, and it wasn't to the scale of what college game day is, but if you remember when James Brown left the NFL on Fox and went to CBS, Joe Buck actually became the host, and they actually took Fox NFL Sunday on the road, and whatever game that Joe and Troy were calling is where they would actually do the pregame show. Uh, and so it would be if, if the Eagles were playing Washington or something, even if it was a 425 kick, they'd be out there in the, the morning, I guess, for the West Coast doing the show. And sometimes they'd have big crowds, sometimes they wouldn't. I just think the atmosphere, the fervor is just a little bit different around NF, the NFL than it is with college. And I think that's probably why it didn't work as well and why they eventually just went back to the studio. I mean, I, right. I think they back to when I that. first yeah. went to it, I didn't remember they did that. But like, I remember going to my first Georgia game, and you think about like you got to land and then rent a car and drive like two hours, right? Right. So you got to drive in the middle of nowhere to get like so many of these college cities are in the middle of nothing where it becomes life, so it's celebrated. And you know, I just don't, I I just don't know if you would get like I don't, I don't think 
you know, that in if you went into Nashville and said we're going to do this for the Titans, I don't I don't think you'd have a big crowd. So I I didn't remember that they did that for uh, for CBS. It's a great idea. It was one uh, season, I believe. It's it may have been one, maybe two, but I think it was probably one season they did that. You know what I think the I think the, the biggest challenge I think there will be advantage about college football is the university itself, right? So you have students. So you have, you know, a built-in audience of students. And and who would be out there but students, right? Like, you know, like it's hard to get, you know, families or, you know, single people, you know, the young dudes to come out. And, like, you could probably get a few of those guys coming out. But, you know, it's got to be something. You got to do something. Like, it just can't be – you know, we're going to have this show and you're going to sit out there for six yeah, hours. for hours at a time. I mean, what's a 20-year-old yeah. college kid doesn't have a whole lot to do on a Saturday right. morning, you know? As opposed to, you know, yeah, someone the, who has three kids and a wife and whatever else, you know? Yeah. Look, I, I, I'm not a programming director, but if I was and I was looking for a way to do a, a more engaging uh, pregame show for NFL in general, I'd do it from a sports book. This is a Vegas kidding me talking, but like I would just plan it in the middle of a sports book where everybody's like trying to lay their action at the last second. There's a vibe and energy to, to that. Uh, yeah. But other than that, I don't know how you get people away from the tailgates and get like you'd have to do it. Right, in you got to do you have to do it like, in the middle of the tailgate is what you'd have to right, do in the and middle of the biggest lot. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that's you know, like I think about you know Philadelphia and you know Kansas City would work. I'm thinking about certain cities, oh, yeah. you know, that would it would actually work. But the other problem is, you know, you remember this Figgy? It, there was an Eagles Rams game. I think it was 2018 and 2017 that season. And it was the biggest game. It was the game Wentz got hurt. That was, yeah, where he tore his ACL at the Coliseum in L.A. I remember vividly, yes. And Fox had to put out – they needed Rams fans because they got outnumbered. They were outside. Yeah, that was a big issue when the Rams and Chargers both initially moved back to Los Angeles, yes. They were being outnumbered, especially by major fan bases like the Eagles or the Giants, People that migrated west, absolutely. And it still, to a certain degree, happens now, especially in Charger games. It's going to be an and issue this did week. They now. used a casting agency yeah, to, to get football fans to dress up as Ram fans to come <laughs> out because yeah. they, got dest- they were getting destroyed. Yeah. Well, it was just a bad look for the NFL to have a home team be outnumbered 90% to 10 with the other team. Now that was also a very also unique situation. As, also known as every Raiders home. I'm like, I'll throw my own team under the bus, but yeah. like that's that's every Raiders home game now. But the good news is the Raiders play in LA this weekend, so they'll have home field advantage. Yeah, that's the weirdest yeah. thing in the home world. game for them. Yeah, yeah, that's the weirdest. Like Sunday night was so weird because all the Steeler fans, right, taking mm-hmm. over that stadium, and. You know, it's not like the Raiders are the Cardinals. That's the weirdest thing about, I guess, Las Vegas, right, Fitzy? Because yeah. the Raiders are the Raiders, right? But it, Sunday night, it was all Steeler fans. Oh yeah, because if you're if you're a Vikings fan, 
and you're sitting around and you're like, hey, honey, you want to go to a road game this year? Yeah, which one do you want to go to? This is the same, same problem, the reason the Nashville has this problem. When you become a popular tourism city, then people are like, hey, the weather's going to be good. There's going to be stuff to do. We should go there for a game. And the visiting fans take it over. And frankly, if you're the team, literally every single seat in that stadium has been sold. Like, there is nothing. This is all aftermarket. So a bunch of people bought the tickets and they sell them aftermarket. If the team wants to change that, better start winning some football games, you know, and, and until then, Mark Davis is just going to make all that cash. Yeah, and you know, this was the great fear, and some people did bring this up when the Raiders initially moved to Vegas. It's going to be a destination game for a lot of people. Imagine if you live in Green Bay and have a chance to come to, to Las Vegas in November, you're not making that trip right? to come see right. your team in, in Vegas. So it's just it's it, it becomes a destination game for a lot of teams. You know the Jets are going to be in Vegas, I believe, in early November. You tell me it's not going to be a lot, even if the Jets are terrible, and they are. Doesn't matter. Be. All those New, right, all those right New Yorkers New York. have a chance yeah. to go to Las Vegas in November. Of course they will. Yeah. So it's just, you're just set. You're kind of from that standpoint to a certain degree. You're kind of always set up to fail, even if the Raiders do have good teams. I don't think they're ever just going to maybe for playoff games. I guess it depends. We'll see who the opponent might be, but. Generally speaking, they're never going to be packed to the nines with mostly Raider fans. There's always going to be a heavy road presence in a place like Las Vegas. I know yeah. it's the exception, not the rule, but I was at that first ever Monday night game when they let fans in Allegiant. That was dynamic. It was incredible. And so I think it can be done there. But I'll also just quickly say this one thing about – because Raiders fans get really fired up about this on the West Coast. Oakland fans are always like, you know, congratulations on the lack of home field advantage. Let's just remember well. that the Raiders were losing games when they had home field advantage in Oakland. So, like, uh, you know, it, it's not like home field advantage to save my favorite team from, you know, losing yeah. games for the last 20 years. Yeah, you were also tarping off the top of the stadium because you couldn't sell seats. So let's yeah. let's – Back that up, Oakland Raider fans, too. And this is an L.A., Oakland, Vegas Raider fan talking to you. I went to games at that dump of a Coliseum. You and me both, brother. You and me both. That's fabulous. All right, let's take a quick T.O. We'll come right back, and let's go through the college slate today as uh, we hang, fellas, right here, Fox Sports Radio. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the south side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Welcome back, fellas. Jason Fitz, my man Fitzy. I'm Cuz. Anthony Gargano as we hang out uh, from the TireRack.com studios. Our man Figgy and Shay and Mighty Mark. That's the crew. We're the fellas you can hang with us every Saturday morning as we lead you into, of course, uh, uh, college football and the big sports weekend. 
We always like to look forward to this stuff. Fig, uh, I, I'm, oh, man, I, I want you to do some trending. We'll go over the college slate today, but uh, man, I'm still this this Damian Lillard stuff shook me, man. Pretty wild, shook right? Me. Yeah, I can understand. You know, you like you're derived. You know what? Well, you know what? The problem is. Joel Embiid didn't make any noise. You know, if he had been like Giannis and made some noise in the media talking about he was leaving, maybe they would have. Uh, maybe they would have made a move. We'll, we'll see. But we can get into that in a little bit if we like. Uh, we'll start with Major League Baseball from Friday night. Seattle getting a eight nothing victory over Texas. J.P. Crawford with a grand slam, one of three home runs there for the Mariners. Rangers now a two game lead over Seattle in the American League West. Houston one game back of the division lead. They held off a late Arizona rally for a two to one victory in the desert. Houston does have a one. One game lead over Seattle for the final wild card in the American League. In the NL, Marlins rallied to beat the Pirates four to three, officially eliminating San Diego from playoff contention. Miami, a one and a half game lead for the final wild card over the Reds, who hammered the Cardinals, and the Cubs, who lost in extra innings to Milwaukee. College football: Oregon State defeated number ten Utah twenty-one to seven. BYU a thirty-five to twenty-seven victory over Cincinnati. Louisville five and zero on the season, a thirteen to ten victory over NC State, and a golf at the right. Cup, the morning foursome session wrapped up with Europe leading the United States nine and a half points to two and a half points. The next session set to begin in a matter of minutes. Guys, back to you. All right, Fig. Thanks, brother. We appreciate it. Fellas, live from the TireRack.com studios on this uh, Fox Football Saturday. And it's uh, it's going to be a fun one of the card. Let's go through because we haven't gone through some of the games today, and there's a lot of great stuff. And there, as there is, as we we reach October, we are uh, just the final day of September, and uh, you're going to get terrific matchups uh, when it comes to this for sure. Uh, fellas, by the way, brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your RV, your motorcycle, your ATV, your boat, whatever you got, all your protection in one place. Bundle and save. Progressive.com. All right. Uh, let's start here. Big noon kickoff. And uh, what do you think, Fitzy? Because as we look at uh, some of the slate, Penn State and uh, Northwestern, the big new kickoff is uh, USC Colorado. Coach Prime uh, on prime time again. We saw what happened with Oregon and Colorado. What happens with USC and Caleb Williams and Co- and Colorado? So here's the one thing that I think is a little interesting about the difference between USC and Oregon, because I believe USC is a better football team, uh, let's say a better offense. And, and right now, because of that, we always lean offense. Oregon has played much better defensively than USC has. USC defensively has been just flat out bad. There's no way to, to, to mm-hmm. shake that and make that nice. So what's interesting to me here, two things. How does Colorado rebound from just getting thumped is part one. Uh, part two is how does USC react to all of that because like it, it was easy to have this fuel in the belly for everybody you know we're gonna do it we're gonna go out there and show Colorado what real college all, all of these things like the Dan Landings that went through from Oregon if you're USC you better keep some level of that same 
you know, power in your belly for it because realistically, USC can score on absolutely anybody. They will put up a ton of points on Colorado. But Colorado can score on a lot of teams. I don't think we're giving Oregon enough credit for how physical they were in that football game from yes. the outset. So, That's like, a great point. I, I could see Colorado putting up a bunch of points on USC, too. I think USC wins this game comfortably, but I, I also think that USC, if they come in with any less than 100% energy and focus on this, could find themselves in a shootout. There's something like 58-35, you know, oh, crazy yeah, yeah. like that. Uh, I could I could see that thing. What's your uh, what's your take? The over under, by the way, is 72 and a half. I think it's Ooh. a stone over. Definitely an over. But USC gave up 28 points to Shea's Arizona State team. Forks up. Who was atrocious <laughs> offensively. Y'all didn't believe. Arizona State is atrocious offensively. They have one guy, Scadaboo. That is literally it. <laughs> yes. And they were able to work over the USC defense. So, yeah, to Fitz's point, yes, USC is going to win. I do think they're going to win convincingly because Colorado just doesn't have the athletes to keep up with them. Or even, look, as much as USC doesn't match the physicality of a team like Oregon or even a Utah up front, I still think they're better than Colorado on the trenches, too. So I think they'll work them over there. But skill position-wise, defensively, they're going to give up points. But offensively, I don't think Colorado can keep up with them, even if Hunter was out there. So, yeah, I easily see USC crossing the 50-point barrier. And I'd be surprised if Colorado didn't cross 30 points themselves. Yeah, I, I thought the same thing. I'm looking at it going, man, uh, 72 and a half. Just so you know, the team totals, the USC's team total, 47 and a half. Colorado's team total, 24 and a half. I think the value low is low for both. Yeah, I'm with you, man. Yeah. I, I see the same thing, guys. Without a doubt. All right, let's keep it going. Florida, this is a great game right here. Underrated game at noon. Florida against Kentucky. The unbeaten Wildcats in this game. And Kentucky right now is a one-point favorite against Florida, Fitzy. Yeah, and this one's kind of interesting to me because Kentucky's undefeated, but Kentucky hasn't played anybody. And Florida has looked like – I'm trying to figure out the Jekyll and Hyde of this, right? Like, yeah. how did Florida look as bad as they did uh, against uh, Utah, but then also look good against Tennessee, right? So, like, I, I don't really understand who Florida is right now, but I don't think we know at all who Kentucky is. Kentucky's sitting in 4-0, though. Like, I, this game being at Kentucky, not trusting Florida's offense to be consistent, I, I think Kentucky has a real shot to win this football game, and then the hype will go through the roof. Also, what does it say about where Florida is right now that it feels like Florida as a program is just a lot closer to being like Kentucky? You know, it's like, hey, most years you're going to lose a few yeah. games and maybe you'll pop through. Like, that just isn't who the Gators used to be. Yeah. Got to give a yo to my man, Southside Chuck, who is uh, listening. Right? You know, Figgy, big Kentucky man. Oh, yeah. I, I uh, Right? You yeah. like him. I do. I like Kentucky, uh, to be honest with you. I think defensively, uh, they're very, very good. Now, they're not spectacular, and Florida's the best defensive team in the SEC at this point in time. Uh, and, like, Tennessee, we know it can't stop anybody. So, I thought 
Florida was kind of poised to be able to not necessarily have their way, but have a good game. And Graham Mertz, I think, was what, 19 of 25, a touchdown pass. It's the best you can expect from him, if, if we're to be honest. So yeah. I like Kentucky. I think it makes sense that Kentucky would be a one-point favorite. This is definitely, for me, a pick em game. Uh, but the fact that it's on the road, and I do think Kentucky's much improved uh, this year and has been a very good team over the last couple of years with Stoops, uh, I would feel comfortable taking them in this one. So let's talk about this game because this game is fascinating. Georgia and Auburn, right? Now, Georgia's a 14-and-a-half point favorite. They haven't really played anybody. Auburn is interesting. Can Auburn scare Georgia today is my question to you, you guys. Fitzy? I don't think so, but I also will say this loudly. That's just because of the benefit of the doubt that I'm getting Georgia, that Georgia's all good, right? Like Because we've we've seen so little real football from Georgia so far. All we know is who Georgia's been and who we expect Georgia to be and how good the recruits are, right? Like I don't think we've seen in essentially one half of meaningful football this year anything that has told us anything about Georgia. And, and I'm not saying that as a cop-out. It's just when you've seen nothing, you have to trust that at some point they're going to come together and it will be fine, but I don't know, man. Like, at some point, the one thing that's interesting to me about Georgia is that they could be great, but they have absolutely no wiggle room. Like, if they their schedule is so soft this year, if they lose a single one of these games, they'll plummet. They won't be able to get back up. So I think they have to come up with intensity from the outset. And this just feels like the sort of game where maybe Georgia finally shows, shows us they are the number one team in the country. I just think it's a joke right now that a team that hasn't played anybody and has played one half of good football is the number one team in the country. But they are because we all know how good Georgia can be. Well, and, you know, it's funny because Auburn has played even less, right? Like the two, yeah, yeah. their two big wins, look at their three wins, the UMass, Cal, who stinks, and they, and they, and they won 14 to 10. Samford, and then they get smacked by A&M. So, like, Auburn has played even less than Georgia. I just wonder, Figgy, could, could this be a weird kind of sneaky scare? I don't think they no. lose, but can they get scared? Auburn is atrocious. I watched the start to finish that Cal-Auburn <laughs> game, and that game set football back 45 years. Woody Hayes is like, what the hell are we doing out here with that game? <laughs> Texas A&M with a backup quarterback in Max Johnson. Yes, I know he has starting experience with LSU, yeah. but still, lit Barely. them up. Yeah. Their, quarterback, yeah. their quarterback play is terrible. Yeah. Peyton Thorne is the best passer they have, and he's not that bad, good, good of a passer. Right. And their backup and, is a, is a runner. Those can stay. Yeah, right. and their and their backup quarterback can't throw the ball, but he's decent with his legs. They, I, I honestly, I think if Georgia is going to have a breakout, and if, if we don't think they're Fugazi, I don't think they should be number one. I agree with you there. They have not shown me anything this year to tell me that they should be the number one ranked team in the country. But they're going to break out of it eventually, and this is a prime candidate. I know it's a rivalry game and all of that. This is not the year for Hugh Freeze and Auburn. I'm sorry, uh, Georgia yeah. should win this game easily. Do you All guys right, realize there's a chance, though, that we, real quick, that we would then get an undefeated Georgia taking on possibly an undefeated Kentucky in a week? I, I'm just saying. Like, I yeah, don't think Southside Kentucky Chuck's already yeah. for, for that one, Fitzy. He can't wait. Yeah. He's already got the Florida game as a win. I like it. Look at that. All right, we've got to take a quick timeout, but I, I want to go through the rest of these games. Fun games. I, same thing. Can Nebraska and my boy Matty Rule, can they scare Michigan? Because that game is in Lincoln today. We'll talk about that one. And uh, we're getting you through the slate. It's college football Saturday with the fellas right here on Fox Sports Radio. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the south side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Fellas from the TireRack.com studios. Fitzy, Cuz, Figgy, Crew, Shay, Mighty Mark. We're in the midst of going through the college football for today. My little guy just, he just, he's got a tournament, Fitzy, baseball tournament. So they have to play at 8 o'clock, which means they report times at 7. So my wife is real happy with me today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so what does that mean for, for his day then? Like he, so he's got to report at 7, uh, which, is, which is soon. And then he's playing at 8, and then it goes all day? Is that how that works? Yeah, so they play at 8, and then they play at 11.15. So my day is, this is my day. I, uh, when my wife will come home after the first game, I'll go see the 11-15 game. Then I'll bring his football equipment because he has a football game at uh, 2 o'clock. So then I'll take him to football. Then I'll come home. I'll pick up my big one. He's got a game like 45 minutes away at 5.30 or whatever. So then I'll take him to his game. And then, then tomorrow morning, he the little ones got back to baseball. So that's kind of my weekend. <laughs> Sounds like, I, the like kids I, I don't know right. how parents do it. Like, like I, I genuinely, uh, and you, you can feel this it, all the way into your bones, right? Like most of my friends that are parents, I feel like their weekends are busier than their week is. You know, it's like oh it's yeah, taking the kids here, there, there, there. Like it, it's wild. It's kudos to tip of the cap, good friend. Tip of the cap because. Uh, you, you're you're grinding on the weekends to to make sure the family gets what they need. Yeah, well, you know, and listen, part of it's me. Like I'm the one going. Yeah, he should play full ball and football. Like, you know, like part of it's my fault because I'm like, because I can imagine when I was that age, I wanted to do everything right. So and he and the little ones like that, and the big one's just a football man. He loves his football so. He's, you know, he's grinding. Every week it's practice, you know, every night. And it's kind of the, you know, anybody with a kid on those and play sports, this is kind of what you sign up for. But it's it's a great gift. Can Michigan, can Nebraska, I should say, in Lincoln, scare Michigan, Fitzy? No, I, I want that so much just because I love chaos and, and I want yeah. Michigan to be tested. But I just Nebraska is just not there yet. And, yeah. you know, I think it's going to take a minute to figure out what their quarterback situation looks like still. And uh, yes, Michigan that's is been the Michigan's problem. polished. 
You know, like Michigan just they, – they, there is there is some level of uh, – I'm starting to fall in love more and more with college quarterbacks that have played a lot of football, and J.J. McCarthy is one of those, right? Like, so there's just some level of – you know, he's never too high, never too low. Uh, Michigan's going to be fine in this game, and Michigan's going to be fine throughout the course of most of this year. Like, it, it feels like everything right now is just a continual just little test to continue to see. Like, they haven't been tested really by anybody, but Rutgers tried to give it to him for a half of football, but they woke up. So, uh, unfortunately for most of us, I don't think we're going to see much out of Michigan until they get Penn State later this year. So, these, these all just feel like sort of tune-up matches for them. Yeah, you got East Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green, Rutgers. I mean, can you get more of a cupcake schedule than four those four teams in the big house, Figgy? 30 to 3, 35-7, 31-6, 31-7. The only point is maybe, just maybe, going on the road will freak them a little bit, but geez, they played nobody, Fig. Yeah, pretty sad. They also canceled the home-and-home with UCLA that they scheduled some years out for that last year and this year. They would have been at the big house against UCLA this season. The only reason I would give Nebraska a puncher's chance is because of this new offensive philosophy they've put in the last couple of weeks, and really it's born out of necessity, not yeah. out of some sort of you know nostalgia to running the option with Tom Osborne. They have no receivers, yeah. basically. <laughs> so they're doing like a pseudo, not quite of a triple option, but it's an extremely run-heavy sort of offense. And, you know, it's what service academies and lesser talented teams like to do to try to even the playing field. So if they can get some sort of modicum of push up front and try to keep the game close, I think maybe that 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 works in their favor as opposed to trying to do a more traditional uh, modern day offense. But uh, likely Michigan's going to end up winning this game. But I do think that Nebraska, if they can find some sort of success on the ground, they could find a way to potentially keep it close. And if you remember a couple of years ago, the last time the game was in Lincoln, I believe Michigan needed a last second field goal to get a victory. So crazier things have happened. Yeah, I, and the other thing, Fitzy, is yeah. to bring up to bring up the Fig's point. Look, Matt Rule's a good coach, and he, and this is the kind of game that he thrives in. Like they, he may not win it, but he could scare you because he can shorten the game, and it's a big crowd. Crowd will go nuts. You know, you know, you were talking about being at Lincoln. Yeah, no, you're and you're right. The crowd is a huge factor, and I think the only the only hard part is what Figgy was talking about with their offense works yeah. against you know Louisiana Tech. It doesn't work against a team that, it, with Michigan that has some guys on the defensive side of the ball that can fly, right? So, yeah. but th- this is where the key is: can you hold the ball? Can you hold the possessions early? Can you try and get the crowd into it? They, they could keep it close that way. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the only way that I kind of see this thing playing out. But I can, yeah, really. I can honestly see Michigan running them off the field. I'm just saying if, Michigan, if Nebraska has a chance, that would be the way to do it. Take the air out of the ball. Their Michigan is an 18-point favorite. Amazing that, that Michigan's a bigger favorite than, uh, than, than George over Auburn, which is amazing. All right, fellas, big hour coming up next. Don't go anywhere right here on Fox. All right, that's us. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, everybody. 
Jason Fitz, I'm Anthony Gargano, coming to you live from the TireRack.com studios. That's right, TireRack.com. We're going to help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. And we're brought to you by Discover. At the end of your first year, Discover credit cards automatically double all the cash back that you've earned. That's right. Everything you've earned doubled. Seriously, see terms and check it out for yourself at discover.com backslash match. Coming up in about 20 minutes or so, not even, we're going to play Real or Fugazi, the football edition. So looking forward to that, fellas. Uh, Big day of college football, Fitzy, as we're kind of going through the slate. Do you see one upset? You are a man of chaos. You are the agent of chaos. One Fitzy. What do you think, God, buddy? I, I really, Anything? I, I want an upset. Like, look, I want Kansas to beat uh, Texas. I want that to happen. I don't think it will. I want it to happen. Kansas, 4-0 for back-to-back years uh, for the first time since I think it was 1914. I mean, Lance Leipold has done a great job there. They beat Texas a couple of years ago, but this Texas team's just built different. Yeah, if there's one good. game that I think sort of has that opportunity on the whole slate to present – a little bit of a problem. It could be South Carolina taking on Tennessee. Tennessee's 21 in the country right now. They're 3-1, and one, obviously that big loss to Florida. But Tennessee's offense has at times been absolutely delightful in everything we're used to, and at times has been a little bit out of sync. And they take on a South Carolina team that isn't particularly great, but Spencer Rattler is good enough at this point. Uh, let's look at some of the losses for them. Like If you look at South Carolina's opening loss to North Carolina 31-17 in what was a, a largely competitive game, and then a 24-14 loss to Georgia uh, where you know they just got run over by a much better team. I don't know how good Tennessee is yet. So I think this is a bit of a prove-it moment. It, this, this game cancels out the season for the loser, whoever the loser is, for whatever their aspirations are. So South Carolina loses, then their season is just in free-fall mode. Tennessee loses, then their hopes of, of being any sort of a legitimate contender in the East are absolutely dead in the water. So I think there's a lot on the line in this game. And again, I like quarterbacks that have played a lot of football. Spencer Rattler has done that, not necessarily well, but he's played a lot of football. So I think that game's at least interesting. But it, it feels like a day where a lot of the favorites are just going to roll. Yeah, I, you know, there's a couple of good ones on Ole Miss, LSU. LSU's two and a half yeah. on the road. At Ole Miss, of course, we've been talking all about Duke-Notre Dame. If there's a live dog, obviously Duke, they're uh, getting five and a half. And, you know, this is a coming out party for Riley Leonard and the Duke football program. Do you think that there's some element of a hangover for Notre Dame? Because that's like my biggest – like I think Notre Dame's a better football team, you know, but like – there's just a, how do you shake off that loss? And, and all week, hearing everybody, 10 players on the field for the last two plays. Like, what will make this make sense to me? You got no timeouts, fine. You, you realize you have 10 people. How do you not just have somebody jump off sides? It's just like, because they're playing from the one yard line anyway. I'd rather have them play from the half yard line with 11 people on the field than the one yard line with 10 people on the field. Like, I sure. just don't understand yeah. how the situational awareness is that bad for a team that is supposedly well coached. And we all know is really talented. Like how Notre Dame lost that game, I think sits in there and it will be really, they either come out with a thunder of the gods or they come out really flat because they're not over it. Yeah. I I think they come out. I think it's a tough spot, man. 
I don't know, Fig. What do you think? Because I think it's I think it's a difficult to turn around, suffer that kind of loss, and then have to turn around and go into that atmosphere. That's tough to shake it off. I thought it was going to be a tough matchup for them, regardless of what happened this past week against Ohio State, uh, because you're playing against a really good, tough experience. This is an old Duke team with Mike Elko, who knows Notre Dame. He knows Sam Harbin because he recruited him when he was at Wake Forest. Yes, he did. All this stuff kind of lines up uh, for Duke to have had have a measure of success against Notre Dame to begin with, and I just think it's going to be tough. You, you're only human. You're on the knocking on the door of being able to pick up such a big win over a quality opponent like Ohio State to let it slip through your fingers in the final seconds. Mostly on a blunder based on the coaching staff's decisions and, and what they did and how, how they mismanaged that. So, uh, I I was likely going to potentially take Duke anyway. I think it, based off of what happened last week with Ooh. Notre Dame and them going into Duke, and you mentioned Riley Leonard, who is more of a threat with his legs than his arm, but he's still, I think, from a college football standpoint, I mean, oh, he's a weapon. Man. Giant fans don't want to hear this, but he's kind of like Daniel Jones and just the, yes. the, the natural athlete that he is uh, can really cause some problems. So and the windows and what makes him it's a great comp and what makes him more dangerous in college football is the the windows what, yeah. what kills what, what kills daniel jones is he can't thread it through windows mm-hmm. but in college you can and i think that's where riley leonard is can have success and i think he can have success tonight i think you ride the wave of that crowd mm-hmm. i think it's a tough game for the irish i do i agree i think uh, i like duke i like duke in this one i, I I think, though, you're, you're both a little bit underselling Notre Dame's defense. I mean, because that Ohio State offense is good and Notre Dame's defense can play, right? And and when everything else is, is going wrong, trust your defense. I, I trust the Notre Dame defense. Like, I think points are going to be hard to come by for Duke. So the question is, can the Notre Dame offense turn around and immediately pick it back up? Like, I, I think I like Notre Dame in this game, honestly. Okay. I, but, but if they come out flat – then the question is, can Riley Leonard uh, – good points on Riley and, and the way he moves the football. Can Riley Leonard move the football against a really athletic defense? Because uh, it took you know it took a, a, a wing and a prayer to score points against that defense for Ohio State, which is a better offense, I think, than Duke is. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, without a doubt. Like, but you know how so much of defense is built off of, you know, being up and being – you know, having that ferocity – and that's where I think it's so hard to just after that loss to kind of go back and, and you're in this atmosphere and, you know, they can jump on you. So that's kind of kind of how I think it can yeah. get negated a little bit. I might feel differently, too, if this game were going to be at Notre Dame, too. But to your point, I do think the crowd and the game day and all all the excitement around it does, you know, add some add some juice to it, uh, to Duke, to the home team. And I also don't want to undersell Duke's defense and Mike Elko and his experience and knowing how to defend Sam Hartman. I wouldn't want to undersell them on the defensive side of the ball against Notre Dame, either. Yeah, um, by the way, yeah. For all of this conversation a few years ago that name, image, likeness, and the transfer portal was going to kill college football, we're sitting here saying, man, I don't know how I feel about this game. It's at Duke. Right. Like, at Duke. I just want to stress that. Like, we are in this era, and I know that, you know, obviously playoff expansion right around the corner, but we are in this era where it is getting harder and harder. Look at most of our bank accounts. It's getting harder and harder every weekend to predict which team's going to beat which team and, and how these teams are going to come through. It, it's it's really interesting to me that we sit here in a world now where Notre Dame taking on Duke at Duke becomes a problem because you've got to be able to deal with that crowd 
at Duke. I'm just going to keep saying that so that everybody that thought that college football was going to die in this chapter can realize that what we're seeing is actually true. Like, more talent to more schools, to good football teams all the way across the country, it is happening. Yeah, I know. Great yeah. point, Fitz. Yeah. Great point. I think Duke is uh, riding some good fortune, too. I mean, you have guys who have been there for a while. You have extra eligibility from the yes. COVID years. So oh, I, yeah. don't, I don't know if this is something that, you know, that Elko's going to stay there and build Duke up to what it was under Spurrier back right. in the 90s or anything. Uh, but for, for a year, I think they're, the last couple of years, they're having a good run. If they win eight, nine games, I think they'll take that and they'll ride off into the sunset and probably turn into Duke again within the next couple of years. I, I say it all the time, though. Better to be lucky than good. Now, 100%. Uh, maybe they're just lucky right now, but better to be lucky than good. No doubt. So I got an upset I think can happen today. It's a Ooh. big one, too. I, and I, I smell it. It's in the air. And it's going to happen in Starkville. Oh, I knew it. I knew it. Okay. Uh, I, I think Mississippi State is – at worst, going to scare Alabama badly. And I actually think that they're going to win tonight as a 14-and-a-half point underdog. And you Ooh. believe that because? So, I, I just kind of matching this up, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And you look at the spot. Now, obviously, last week, you know, everything, they, they, they look pretty good. The, the offense is still a struggle. The offense for Alabama is still a struggle. Mississippi State, and it's a tough place to play. It's a nasty place to play. And I think this is the Super Bowl type of thing for Mississippi State. Will Rogers can move the ball. I think he'll have some success. And I don't think the Alabama offense, can t- and you know the lesser unit, obviously, is the Mississippi State defense. And I, I just think – that they're going to scare. I feel it, man. I just feel it in my bones. It's a bad spot at 9 p.m. under the lights. And I think Will Rogers will, will, will be able to score a little bit. We'll be able to move the football a little bit, I mean. I, I will say Mississippi State's defense has been really good this year against the run. And Milro, I think when he has the opportunity to run, becomes a better passer. I, I – I'm a little uh, – maybe it's it's just shell-shocked from last week because I was pretty confident that last week was the week that Ole Miss, like, made a definitive statement. And instead, Ole Miss, I thought, was in control for half that game. And in the second half, it just slipped away from them. And Alabama did what Alabama does, right? They just find a way to win. Good teams find a way to win. I, I, I don't know that I trust Mississippi State's, particularly their ability to throw the football – enough to, to have them win this game. I think defensively it'll be interesting because I've never seen that level of efficiency from Milrow throwing the football, obviously, but I think part of that was because he was running the football well, too. Like They, they just they didn't have a way to take away both. Mississippi State's going to have to figure out a way to keep him from running and then hope that he's not having that accurate of a game figure. Like, I, yeah. I don't know that I can In call that, that atmosphere. That, that. I, and again, I think I'm, putting, I'm betting a lot on that atmosphere, you know, you know how it is on a Saturday night in Starkville. Yeah, that game oh, yeah. can get could, that game could could rattle you a bit. And I look at I look at that Alabama offense, and it's still not 
something that I can count on. Yeah, I'm a, and I will say that you know this past weekend, more so than in their first few games, Mississippi State really opened it up offensively. Yes. Like, yeah, you know, you have a roster that's built to run the air raid, and you brought in yes. an offensive coordinator that has no background in it whatsoever. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, but they look, they they aired it out last weekend. They really had a game against South Carolina, so they have that going for them. But you know, and we talked about this with Alabama early in the season. We go back to the Texas game. It's like if they're going to have success and have Milrow be the quarterback, you have to incorporate him into the run game, and that's what they did last week, and I think that's what really helped spark them, at least offensively. They're not going to go on crazy scoring 40 points or anything, but it certainly helps them shorten the game a little bit, and it opens things up in the passing game, like Fitz said. So, like, and I'll meet you halfway, and I can see Mississippi State covering the spread at 14 yeah. and a half. Yeah. I don't know if I can see them winning, to be honest. Yeah. I got you. I got you. Listen, that, and that's your pizza bet. Yeah. Right? Like, you, you know, that's your pizza bet. I'm looking like Alabama by like 10 or so. Can, you know? can yeah. we also, though, like, I'm just back in my fields from last Saturday when I lost money on Ole Miss and, and Ohio State. Can, can we just, uh, can we acknowledge here, like, how crazy it is that this, of all the years, like, this felt like this was a beatable Alabama team. Oh. And it felt like this was the year where Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss were just going to put the nail in the coffin to the entire season for the Tide. And they didn't. Like, Lane, I, yeah. and, and it's funny that, like, then Lane just goes off into the sunset. Like, one of the glorious things about the job he has right now is I just don't think Ole Miss fans – are freaking out about not winning a national championship every year. Right. So he can get paid exorbitant amounts of money, still lose to Saban, but as long as more often than not the team's really fun to watch and really good, they're going to be okay with that. Like, it, it's a weird logic. I think Ole Miss is one – I say this all the time. Like, college football fans need to get comfortable with who the, where their program is. Ole Miss fans might be too comfortable with the fact that it's like, oh, yeah, we might lose four games a year. We'll never beat Bama. But, like, hey, it, it's fun. Like, it's it's just weird to me that Kiffin, Kiffin loses that game and it, it wasn't yelling and screaming and nobody going apoplectic. It's so opposite of what the SEC usually is. It's a tough pill to swallow. And by the way, if Lane Lane didn't win last week, I don't think he'll ever beat Saban. Never. That, was, no, you're that done. is literally the best chance he's, he's ever had. That was it. And I it, completely, it, it didn't yeah. happen. Yeah, that's spot on. All right, let's take a quick T.O. We'll come back. Time to play Real or Fugazi. We'll do that coming up next. Fellas, Fox Sports Radio. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the south side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. All right, welcome back, fellas, from the TireRack.com studios. Brought to you by Progressive Insurance. 
Progressive makes a bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, your RV, your boat, your ATV, whatever you got. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. All right. Let's time to play real or fugazi. Looks nice, but is it real? That's a fugazi. That's a fugazi. He's overcooked. He's done. He's fried. It's time to find out. Is it real? Is it fugazi? Real or fugazi? Here we go. Real fugazi. Let's start at Fitzy. The Lions as a Super Bowl contender, as a team that could come out of the NFC. Real or fugazi? I mean, why not, right? Like, okay, I understand that right now we all are in love, rightfully so, with San Francisco, Philadelphia. The Cowboys, I think, are fine. They just took a week off. Like, it's fine. I get all of that. But why not the Lions right now? I I know everybody wants to say what they want to say about Jared Goff, but what else are we looking for from the Lions? The Lions have found their ways to win their games that they've had to win. They've done all of it every way you could have. They have not yet lioned. If, if we're waiting for them to lie in, they haven't done it. And by the way, they have managed to handle every task in front of them. I, I'm all in on the lines right now. I, I think, you know, media sensation coming into the year, I'll buy that. But that doesn't change the fact that they're actually playing really good right now. Uh, they get a big win over Green Bay. Uh, they, they also have a significant win, obviously, over Kansas City this year. If we apply the same college football metrics, they are real. Figgy. I will agree and say that they're real, uh, only because the NFC is fairly weak outside of Philadelphia and San Francisco, and we know how fragile things can be when it comes to injuries. Anything can happen in a playoff matchup. Uh, the Detroit, um, Detroit is pretty strong up front on both lines, and I think that's the recipe that you need to be able to compete at a high level. So I'm going to say real. NFL Europe games work real or fugazi fitzy this is so fugazi that it just makes me want to throw up in my mouth i hate international games i hate them passionately i don't mind early start times i just don't know why we're wasting everybody's effort putting it over in europe when we could just do it right here you really want a, a, an exhibition series you want to do something different then put it in huge college football markets that don't have the nfl make some glorious game happen in you know in alabama or or, or you know in columbus you just take big markets for college football give it to them there don't like why we're playing games in london and germany i have no idea why we're starting games at the the crack of dawn on the west coast i have no idea like i'm out on every single ounce of the international series every part of it wow 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 <laughs> i love them too wow all right figgy real fugazi nfl europe fugazi Oh, I mean, last correct me if I'm wrong, Fitz. It's called the National Football League, right? It's not the International uh, Football League. Last time I checked. So why, again, are we trying to cater to Mexico City and Germany? You know, I know why. It's all about the money. Give me some more money in my pockets because God knows the NFL doesn't print enough as it is. You don't need to go over to Wembley Stadium and go to Germany wow. and go to Australia and go to who cares? None of us do. I don't want to have to wake up at 6.30 in the morning to watch a football game, to be honest with you. I don't. Can I tell you how mad I'd be to, like, if I was lucky enough to be living in Vegas right now and I had season tickets to my beloved Raiders and then the schedule comes out and they're like, by the way, we're going to take one of your home games and we're going to put it in Germany. Okay. You're already charging me a 
buttload to get these tickets in mm-hmm. the first place, and now you want me as a season ticket holder to suddenly decide to go on a family vacation to Europe for that? Yeah. Of all the reasons to have to, like, you want me to spend that extra money? No. It's a disservice to the fans. Yeah, unless you're paying for my plane ticket and getting me some schnitzel or something, I'm not in. I'm out. <laughs> You're going to have to take care of your own schnitzel right here. Schnitzel, baby. By the way, I had schnitzel in Germany. It's overrated. Oh, really? Yes. Wow. Wow, I've never been to Germany. Germany, Germany's beautiful, man. It is. It absolutely is. is. I'm dying to go. Yeah. it was stunning to me, and uh, it, it's incredible. Like some of the churches in Germany are absolutely gorgeous. And I found out when when we were over there on tour one time, I was asking uh, why, you know, because so much of the the whole old historic churches are still up, and I didn't understand that having gone through you know the World Wars, obviously over there. And it yeah. was pointed out to me. I did not know this by our guide. They said that you know because the churches were the tallest buildings in many of the cities, they kept the churches up because that's how the fighter pilots navigated through the area so even through bombings and everything that happened over there they wouldn't bomb the churches not for religious reasons but because they needed the, those Strategic. guys in the streets yeah. so you still have these old churches up uh, it's, it's it's phenomenal it's like wow. Cologne Germany is one of the most beautiful places I've ever yeah, been yeah I heard that's beautiful Do you, what about the pretzels the beer and the pretzels no it's Oktoberfest. Beer's a little. The beer's a little warm for me. Like I, you know, no. the whole like room temp beer. Like, I, mm. and and again, the differences between the two of us. Like, you know, cousin, cousin's a beer guy. Uh, me, you know, Fitzy's coming in with the espresso martini. Like, I'm just gonna admit it. You know, I'm a little soft. I'm a little soft. I see his pinkies in the air right now. By the way, yeah, it's like all my exes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if, if my if my drink order doesn't make like if you walk up to me the second time we're out at a bar and you're like I'm going to the bar you need a round the second time you ain't even ordering for me because you're like no I'm not ordering that whatever it is like I, I'm that guy that'll be like can I get a can I get a splash of cherry juice in there like I'm just I'm such a child with <laughs> all right real or fugazi the dolphin seventy burger uh, the power rank kings are clearly head and shoulders the biggest Super Bowl favorite right now as we go to week four. So I'm going to say that that is Fugazi, even though I like if I was doing power rankings, I would put Miami at number one. There's no doubt about that. But when you say clearly, man, that means on on any given Sunday. I got to bet, and I think this Sunday is going to be such a huge matchup, right? Buffalo, given their opportunity to show who they are in this game, too. But also, I I know we're just tired of Mahomes, and I know we're tired of the Chiefs, but I can't tell you right now that on a neutral field, I would pick Miami above Kansas City. Like, all things being equal, Miami has better weapons. I know that. And as well as Tua has played, and as great as that story is, they're still a Mahomes on the other side. So I think that right now they're the best team in the league. Are they clearly the Super Bowl favorite? Eh, Now they're one of to me. Yeah, 100% agree. I'd say Fugazi. Right now, they're spectacular, and they're scoring a lot of points, and they're amazing. We're also three games into the regular season. I'm not ready to anoint them as the favorites when you still have Patrick Mahomes on the other side. Uh, and look, you still have Josh uh, Josh Allen on the other side who they have to play this weekend. And I'm not convinced that they're going to necessarily beat Buffalo this weekend, to be honest with you, even with injuries in their secondary. So uh, you got to give me a little bit more time to see Miami before I can anoint them as the favorite to come out of the AFC after three games. I agree with that one. Hey, Fig, while we got you, hit us with some trending. 
All right, we'll start with some Major League Baseball. Just a couple of days remaining in the regular season and still some wild card spots up for grabs. Matter of fact, in the American League, American League West still up for grabs. You had a Seattle uh, getting a, a victory, hitting three home runs, including a grand slam and an 8 to nothing win over the Rangers. Houston getting a good start from Jose Urquidy and a victory at Arizona. So Texas and now just a one-game lead over Houston atop the American League West. Seattle is two games back in that division. In the National League, Marlins overcame a late 3 nothing deficit to beat the Pirates 4-3. to They have a one-and-a-half game lead over the Cubs and Reds for the final wildcard spot. Cincinnati blasted St. Louis 19-2. The Cubs lost to the Brewers in extra innings. In golf, all of today's foursome matchups are in the books at the Ryder Cup. Europe up 9.5 points to 2.5 points as the afternoon four-ball session is underway. And in college football, 19th-ranked Oregon State allowed just 57 yards rushing in a 21-7 upset victory over number 10 Utah. BYU with a 35-7 17 victory over Cincinnati, Louisiana Tech, and Louisville with victories as well. Back to the fellas. All right. Fellas brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi policy discount by combining your motorcycle, your RV, your boat, your ATV, whatever you got. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save progressive.com. Back to Real Fugazi. All right. Let's keep it going. Let me ask you this one, my fellas. The Travis Kelsey and, of course, with all the Swifters, the Swifties, whatever it is, the biggest overblown story in sports, make Taylor Swift and the NFL go away. That that should not, never should that exist. <laughs> real. Yeah, that's real. That's real. That's real. That's real. I can't say this loud enough because, like, think about this. I'm just going to rewrite the headline for you. This is this. You know, you you were a writer. I'll rewrite the headline for a second. Really famous rich pop star sits in suite for football game. That's all it is. Like, yeah. I, do, why do I care who Taylor Swift is in a relationship with or who Travis Kelsey's in a relationship with? Hell, I don't know who, who Max Crosby's uh, – well, he's married. But, like, I, I, I don't sit here and worry about my favorite teams and who's dating who from my favorite teams. I certainly don't worry about whether or not somebody's dating a pop star. And, and like, what impact does that have on anything? I was dumbfounded, and I understand how big Taylor Swift is. This isn't about that. It's just why is it such a big deal? I genuinely don't understand understand why the fact that Travis Kelsey may be dating Taylor Swift is something that needs to be referenced in the broadcast a hundred times, just like I didn't understand it when Jessica Simpson was referenced constantly during Tony Romo's career. Like, I don't think who you're sleeping with or, you know, dating on Saturday impacts the game I'm watching on Sunday. That's just, it, it's all, that one's all that. Yeah. I'm done with that one. I agree. I'm, I'm well over it. I understand why they do it because they want to try to have more mass appeal to people that right. genuinely wouldn't watch and, I don't know if you saw the demographic numbers, but women, I think it was 18 to 34, numbers were through the roof this past weekend and watching that game, even though it was oh, a go. The NFL goes nuts. So, so, yeah, get yeah. lathered up. So, oh the, yeah, so the, yeah, the NFL is going to do whatever it can to get more marketing dollars, more eyeballs, people buying jerseys. Travis Kelsey's jersey numbers went through the roof 400%. Yeah. How many Swifties were buying his jersey? I get it. But that doesn't mean I like it. I absolutely hate it. I want to watch football. I don't give a rip who she's dating. I don't care who he's dating. Is he catching passes? What's the Chiefs offense look like now that he's back into the mix? These are the things I want to talk about. I don't need cutaways of Taylor Swift screaming and beating on the glass when he catches a touchdown pass in a blowout. I don't care. Taylor Swift, by the bigger way, uh, than the NFL? 
Oh yeah, way bigger. Yeah, not way even close. I'm like, about international stars. I mean, yeah. my God. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you saw the Sad. social media post. She was playing a football stadium the other day, and uh, it might have been yesterday, day before. And somebody took a video of the outside of the stadium, and there was another stadium worth of people standing outside in the parking lot singing along. Like mm-hmm. she is a cultural wow. phenomenon. That's she amazing. Has That's pretty awesome. Like yeah. She is this generation's Michael Jackson, and mm-hmm. like, yeah. Yeah, I have great, nothing but right. respect for it. I just don't, I don't really, as as a Raiders fan, I don't know what Taylor Swift and and Kelsey will do, have any, how it impacts any time that the Raiders play the Chiefs this year, right? So yeah. like, there's a line on it. Like, I think it's interesting for one second on the broadcast, but I am absolutely dreading having to sit there and listen to it over and over and over again in the next game. And for sideline reporters to ask questions about Patrick Mahomes about I it, know. I was like, what are we doing? I know. Seriously? I know. I know. It turned it into like a half a mock. It really did. You know. By the way, though, the biggest lock was Kelsey to score a touchdown. Right. They were going to make that happen, right? <laughs> right. Right. All right. Uh, let's uh, – <laughs> let me give you this one. Real or Fugazi – Damian Lillard, Giannis, the greatest duo since LeBron and Wade. What do you got, Fitzy? Is it recency bias if I say real? God, that feels real. Like, this just feels like one of those moments. And and I'm not sure that, you know, a a dynamic duo is enough anymore in in the world. But this feels like one of those dynamic duos that because they – complement each other so well and what they're capable of doing and because of what it takes off of Giannis and requirement uh, th- yeah I'm going to say that's real I'm, I'm going to say that that's real and and I think this is a landmark moment because we have to remember that the Bucks are being wildly aggressive because that's been demanded of them in the new NBA you have to make sure that your stars understand that they are stars and that they have a voice and that they are you're doing everything you can to build the team around them like it or not that's where modern NBA culture is Giannis has made it clear for months that he wanted to see aggressiveness from them so they went out and they aggressively acquired the one player that nobody thought they could and the best player that anybody could acquire this year. Like, let's not get it twisted. There was no better acquisition that any team could have made this year than Dame, and they did that. So, I like, I, I just don't think you can hype this enough for what it means for Milwaukee because I also think it helps them cement when they walk back in the room with Giannis and they say, hey, how are we feeling? Now he's going to say with that, uh, you know, incredible accent, he's going to say, we're feeling great. And it's like, <laughs> it's going to be perfect for them moving forward. So, I, yeah, I'm going to say that's real. Though I don't disagree with anything that you said there I will I will put another duo ahead of them since LeBron and Wade and it probably gets overshadowed because they're probably seen more as a collective but Steph Curry and Kevin Durant had something pretty special in Golden State and it kind of gets overblown by the fact that there's still Klay Thompson and you had Draymond Green and yep. the Golden State Warriors but I yep. mean these are literally two of the greatest scores in the history of the sport playing together at the same time and breaking records and sweeping finals and just doing amazing things. So I would probably put that duo above this duo. I'm not going to say this duo is a distant second, and but I mean, f- to accomplish what they accomplished in a short run, and even with Kevin Durant getting injured in the finals the last, the last go-around, they still could have potentially won had Clay not gotten injured. But I, I would probably put that duo slightly above this one, but not, 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 uh, actually, not by much. Uh, 
I don't disagree with that, honestly. And the funny thing is, as we're talking about current duos, let's just a- acknowledge that Jokic and Murray are probably kind of mad they're not even in these conversations. Right. Like, you know, I, I mean, let's just be let's just be honest here. Like, they, they've done everything that could be asked of them. But yep. man, I, something feels special right now with this one. All right, <laughs> you're right about that. All right, let me ask you this, guys: the Cowboys showed you that they are still the Cowboys. Just when you think that they're a Super Bowl contender, they show you they are not. Real or Fugazi, Fitzy. God, I feel like Peter Griffin right now stubbing my toe. Uh, I think... <laughs> nice reference. I, I like think it. I'm going to go... Thank you. Uh, I'm going to go Fugazi... <sighs> Here's the here's the thing because you got to help me with this. So here's where I'm conflicted. I don't think one game should be the overall arching statement for everything. But the way they got out physical uh-huh. by the like they just got smacked in the that's, mouth. That's a bad on team. Both sides, too. like yes, like. Like and I get at some point. Hey, we thought we were playing the Cardinals. We didn't really show up. Okay, I'll buy that sometimes. But the Cardinals have played above the expectation every single week. And also, like, wake up at some point in the game. Wake up, and when you get run over that way, not by trick runs, not by trick plays, but you just get flat out run on on the line of scrimmage that way. I don't know, man. Like, I it definitely shook my confidence in the Cowboys to be a Super Bowl contender, just because in a copycat league, is everybody not looking at it and saying, "Well, man, if 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 the Cardinals could do that, we should certainly be able to do that too." I I'm stunned by the way the Cardinals controlled the line of scrimmage. So I, I guess I'm going to say it's real that that changes the way I feel about them for the Super Bowl. It doesn't necessarily change the way that I feel. At first, I didn't think that they were going to be much of a Super Bowl contender anyway, so I'll preface it with that. Oh. But I'll also say that this it proves to me that they are an NFL team, and these sort of things happen. And by the way, as bad as Arizona is, and as bad as much as we made fun of them coming into the season, they could easily be 3-0 and right now. <laughs> like They had Washington on the ropes. They had a huge lead against the Giants. Now, you can say they're not that good because they blew the lead to the Giants. I understand it. But I know you're not the biggest fan of Jonathan Gannon, but props to him for getting that team who's not that talented to play as hard as they've played, at least so far in the season. We'll see how things end up. Uh, so I don't, really, I don't think it's an indictment against the Cowboys that that happened to them last week because I think that just happens throughout the course of a 17-game NFL season to most teams that are not – say Kansas City or whomever else. But that's just going to happen to the majority of the teams. You're going to have a stinker here or there. So it doesn't shake my confidence in them. I I thought that they were probably – compete for the division, make the postseason, maybe win a game, but not much better than that. So I never thought they were a Super Bowl contender to to begin with. So it doesn't really do anything to change my view of them other than to say, you know, this can happen in a random week in an NFL season where a good team loses to a team that's not as good as they are. I like it. Thank you for playing Real or Fugazi, fellas. We appreciate it. We'll come back in just a second. I might have one more out of the realm, but in Fitzy's world, I'll explain. Coming up next, fellas on Fox Sports Radio. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. 
Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Here you go, buddy. Jason Fitz, Anthony Gargano, as we hang out from the TireRack.com studios on a Fox football Saturday. I had one more uh, leftover reel for Gazy. Let me throw it at you and uh, get a little discussion because you unveiled something to us earlier in the show, which is you do it up for Halloween like no other. Like you are the house. Every neighborhood, every region has a house that goes like does it up, man, in a big way. And everybody's got to go check it out. And you are that house for Halloween. There's Christmas houses. There's all kinds of stuff. You have the Halloween house, which is pretty cool, man. I think that's awesome. I, I got to take the pilgrimage. Let's go. I mean, it, it's all – so the the root of it was years and years ago when I lived in Nashville at the time, and I lived in a, a pretty rough neighborhood and started doing – I started putting a little stuff out in the yard, and I realized a bunch of the kids in that neighborhood had never been to a haunted house. So I started to open my house up, and I would have my friends come over, and they would, uh, they would be in every room scaring kids, and they'd have to go through the whole haunted house to get their candy. And so then I just sort of – it grew from there. It went from this like, hey – and before you knew it, you had 100 trick-or-treaters and then a couple That's hundred trick-or-treaters, and then it was too much for the inside. And so as I've moved every place I've ever moved, it's, it's – you know, it's taken 50 20 years to accumulate the amount of things that you have and uh, it, it's become sort of that thing so I've always looked at it as an opportunity to like I said on the weekends you got friends coming over and they replace the mannequins with real people you scare people like you, you go out there you're having a good time but the the main goal on that is just to give everybody the chance to have a fun Halloween scare no matter your economic condition or no matter what you're going through you can you can like maybe you can't go to some big theme park but you can come hang out and walk through the lawn so you know I think it, it, it was born keep- out of that stuff. altruistic sense. Oh man, sheds and sheds and attics and everything in basements and everything like I, I mean multiple sheds. It, it takes multiple sheds to do it. There's no doubt about that. And then mannequins, you you know, you can you can take mannequins apart pretty easy so they store better than you think. Animatronics are a little tougher. Yeah, so it's it's an annual it's an annual thing that starts, you know, usually mid-August. You got to start peeling everything out and planning everything and where you're going to put everything. Everything has to be themed to a Halloween movie. That's my only rule. That is awesome. All right, the best Halloween movie, real for Gazy, is The Exorcist. Oh, okay. I would. Mm, that's Fugazi. Uh, I think the re- the best hollow. This is this is a, a sort of a weird take. I think Scream is the best written Halloween movie ever because it's the only movie of its kind that I've ever gone through that I never had any idea who I was scared of. I just knew I was scared out of my mind and the twist at the end of having two killers was something I'd never seen before. So for me, Scream stands out uh, as the best. But Exorcist is is the one that crawls under your skin. I don't know if you've seen the preview for the new one, but yes, uh, they played dude. it last night. I was, I was talking about it. Figgy, how about I was talking about that a few weeks ago? You were? Or yeah. over the summer? Yeah. Oh. That yeah, thing's... I, the, the two girls... The- Freak me out. Yeah. I saw the preview. I saw the I preview. Was so Oppenheimer. Like, yeah. I'm, 
I'm like, I'm a grown man sitting here scared of a preview. I cannot wait to go. That's see that I go see those things opening day because like you got to support the genre. Let's go. Yeah, that's wild. Mighty Mark, you got. I know you got something here. I was telling Shay about a scary movie. It's a TV though. It's because uh, I saw Karen Black. It's the trilogy of terror. Oh wait a second. That's the three stories, and Correct. isn't there uh, like a little, like a, there's these little gremlins or right. something? There's a little thing. Oh, I, don't want I to give remember it away, but there's that. There's a thing that terrorizes Karen Black at the last one. Yes, from the 70s. I totally, I had to look it up, and I saw the picture, and I was like, oh, I remember that. There's an like, ornament in her I house, think... and something happens, and it uh, it does things. I think that every like what I love about horror movies is that I can accept each of the each of the different types for what they are. Like The Shining is a much different movie than The Exorcist is a much different movie than Halloween is a much different movie than Scream. You know, like heck, I'm even one of those that I'll sit there in the middle of the summer and like pull up Sleepaway Camp or some like 80s slasher movie. Just they're terrible, but I love them. Like so, you know, it's all about the different the different vibe of what you're looking for for each of them. That's one of the things I like about the genre is that there's so much variety. In, in what kind of horror you want. Like, I'm not usually big on torture movies. Like, Saw is the exception to the rule. I wasn't big on, like, hostile and movies like right. that. But I'm definitely, like, any of the, any of the, like the you know, Halloween was Christmas a big deal for me. Uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Nightmare Before Christmas? That's, Come yeah. on, that's a Halloween movie. No, no. That's no. a Halloween movie. No, that's it's not. That's a, a cri- that's a Christmas movie to you guys? It's neither. It's neither. Okay. It's just a movie. definitely not scary. That's a Halloween movie. Nightmare on Elm, Elm Street. That's the one that got me. I was literally afraid to go to sleep. Like, oh, that's, that's the good. one that would get you. Freddy Krueger, that was yeah. the one by yeah. far, especially when you see it when you're a child. Yeah. I can't drive by, like, a, a park and see, like, girls on a uh, roundabout without thinking, like, one, two, yeah. Freddy's coming for you. Let's go. <laughs> I Let's go. I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> to this day, if that movie's on, I'm, I'm I'm continuing to flip the channel. I'm not watching it. I'm over. Oh, it. I love it. I love it. Hey, uh, big betting advice coming up next hour as well, fellas on Fox. Yes, that's us. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. It is a Fox football Saturday, a football weekend, and uh, you gotta love it as we hang out. From the TireRack.com studios. Don't forget TireRack.com. We're going to help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection. Over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. All right. It is a big football weekend. We've been talking about it today. USC, big noon kickoff on Fox against Colorado. And I think we all agree that after uh, what happened in Eugene, uh, the, the same kind of thing could happen here, except USC does not have the defense that Oregon has. And Colorado should be able to score. As great as USC's offense is, it should be an explosive game and certainly an entertaining game involving Coach Prime's boys. Isn't that right, Fitzy? 
Yeah, no, I agree with that 100%. And let's think about what we saw last week from Colorado versus what we expected coming into the season. If there was any sort of concern coming in for Colorado this year, the main concerns were that they don't have enough talent on the defensive side of the ball and that their offensive line isn't good enough. Well, what did we see against Oregon? I mean, Oregon just absolutely whipped them around, was able to do whatever they wanted, and Oregon's defensive line got after uh, Shadur in a way that just was tough to watch, frankly. Colorado was just beat in every possible way. So now you have this interesting moment where USC's offense is flat out better than Oregon's offense, I believe. And USC's quarterback is obviously, and Caleb Williams, one of the best in the country, can carve you up from anywhere. I like Caleb Williams to come in and really be explosive in this game. The question is, can Colorado try and – they're not going to be able to match them point for point, but can Colorado make this more interesting by scoring more points? And I think the answer to that is actually yes. Like, I think USC wins this game pretty handily, but Colorado should be able to move the ball. If they don't, then we're going to have a different set of concerns moving forward. But USC's got to fix this defense at some point. Like, it's atrocious for a national championship contender to have defense as bad as USC's is right now. Yeah, and Fig, I mean, that's kind of when you look at this thing, you you know USC very well. Uh, And that, what Fitzy says is right, that's their Achilles heel because their offense is so good. And they just struggle to stop people. Yeah, it really is amazing that this has been really an issue for them going the last three years, if we to be honest with you. And look, that held it up last year against Utah. You play quality opponents, you just get pushed around up front. Now, the I will say the strength of their defense, if there is one this year, is their defensive line. Uh, going up against one of the weaknesses for Colorado is their offensive line. So if USC is going to make some sort of hay, you would say maybe they can do some uh, make make some decisions, or I should say make some action up front and see if they can make a difference there. But I still expect Colorado to be able to come out and put up some points against them so that's why I don't believe USC is really a true national championship contender because even if they were to make it past the Pac-12 championship game make it into the postseason they're not going to be able to hang with the likes of, of a Georgia or, or or even a Michigan or even an Ohio State I don't think with they were running a defense like that out there they get shredded they're getting shredded by Arizona State who has one of the worst offenses in the entire country what are they going to do when they play against offensive elites Oh, I know, man. I feel you. I think you're, you're spot on there. The other big game on the spotlight takes place tonight, the ABC Saturday night big game college football, and it's Dateline Durham. I mean, Durham, North Carolina is the Dateline for the biggest college football game of the day. Notre Dame and Duke Vitsy. I mean, when you think about it, Duke football is back, at least for the moment. Yeah, I, the the greatest question here is not how Duke handles the moment. It's still, what does Sam Hartman look like? What does Notre Dame look like? I mean, tell me, tell me if you didn't see it this way, but man, I was really stunned to see Hartman feel lost at times in that game. Like I, I felt like Hartman was going to be the difference maker, and instead. It just felt like there was nothing in sync from the moment. And, you know, I, I had a buddy point out to me for all the big games that Hartman has played at Wake, isn't it fair to say, hey, that's different than playing Ohio State at Notre Dame? Like, that just hits different. I get that. But, man, I expect somebody that has played as much college football as Hartman had. I didn't think that we would see a moment in the regular season that was too big for him. And, frankly, for the first half of the game, particularly, it just felt like he was out of sorts. So he's got to get that fixed quickly against Duke because we all know this but when you're going into this sort of an atmosphere and when you're playing 
at a place that has never hosted game day, that's got all this attention to it, everybody's going to be talking about it. One of the biggest keys you have to accomplish is you have to take the crowd out of the game, which means you have to start fast. That's why it's so important on the road that your scripted plays when you come in are efficient and get you points because you've got to find a way to quiet the crowd and quiet the calm. I can't, I, I'm still stunned I'm saying that about Duke, but given the combination of the fact that this is a first for Duke and the combination of the fact that I'm still shook at that the money I lost because Sam Hartman looked so bad. I'm a, I, I, yeah, I'm but, you know, a little I mean, I feel this. you on that. I, I, again, I do. But, you know, part of it is, I mean, Ohio State's defense is good. I mean, you got athletes. Yeah, you're right. You're right. No, that, that's, that, again, very fair point on that. I just thought that Hartman would be able to rise above that. I mean, he should, tonight, he should, uh, you expect a lot out of him. It's, it's going to be interesting to see. Because I do think, as good as the Notre Dame defense is, and it's very good, it showed last week, but I think this is a letdown spot, Figgy. So mm-hmm. I could see Duke, you know, all that emotion. I could see them move the ball tonight. I actually, yeah, I can, especially if they – and that's why Fitz brings up the fact that getting out to a fast start is so important. Because imagine if it's 3 nothing or something at the end of the first quarter and Duke has a lead and the doubt starts creeping into Notre Dame's minds and maybe and maybe Hartman's not playing well again. And you say, you know, a here-we-go-again situation, it kind of gets away from you. Because it could even leak in from last year. Losses to Marshall on games that they weren't supposed to lose. All those things can happen, especially with a team that has a lot of expectations coming into this season – and knows that things went off the rails last year for them. I think that's something that can't be discounted. So I think a fast start is is tantamount to success for Notre Dame in this game. Yes. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Fitzy. Uh, no, cousin, you said something earlier that's been on my mind about this, and, and about Notre Dame particularly. And you said, you know, you really thought that they won most of that game. They just didn't win the game, right? Like they were the better team. I think we also have to remember the way the college football playoff committee looks at things, they do look at the game as a whole, right? And so we look so much at wins and losses, but I did that mock committee down in Dallas and sat in on one of those prior years and went through the whole exercise. And they stressed that, you know, just talking about the result isn't everything. You have to talk about the way the result came in. So even though Notre Dame has a loss right now, my point to that is that it's a loss the committee's going to look at and say, well, game control metrics showed that you were in control for much of the game. They're going to get benefit of the doubt for that loss. I think that's why coming out making a statement against Duke, though, is important because this is the 17th-ranked team in the country. This is at, at Duke. This is going to get some playoff committee love from it. So when you look down the road and you start thinking of who's left on their schedule, it's important in my mind that Notre Dame come out and show out in this game. Like I don't think they can have one of those, oh, it was close and somehow we found a way to win uh, games if they want to be in the national championship conversation. I think they have to come out and make a statement. Yeah, I, you know what? I, yeah, I think you're right. I think uh, you know it's that's an important vehicle for Notre Dame to shake off what happened and to come out and make a statement. Listen, I, I feel you on it. Yeah, that's I mean, only that game, and I think USC are really the only games left on their schedule where they can yeah. actually do that. Even if yeah. Louisville ends up having a yep. good year and they're five and zero now, I don't know if anybody really sees them as much of a threat to do anything. So I, Louisville might creep back up into the top twenty-five at the end of next week. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, I, I, if they can get a convincing victory on the road at Duke, I, you're you're a hundred percent right, Fitz. That would go a long way in helping their odds with the playoff committee. Yes. All right. Let me let me bring something off to you guys up because we touched on this during when we played Real Fugazi. So tomorrow, big NFL day, as we know. And it begins the European, the international series, uh, NFL Europe. And both you guys 
the disdain that you guys showed was really surprising to me. Like, I get you. Some people don't like it whatever. I love the I love growing the game. I, to me, it's manifest destiny. Let me take football f- to the world. It's probably not the most. Um, That's trash. Yeah. Trash. It's yeah. Total trash. Why? Total trash. Not necessarily a big fan of the manifest destiny. <laughs> I understand what you mean by it, but it's a little harsh. Um, no, I want I want to take over the world with football. Like I want football to be everywhere. I love. I mean, football is a great, great sport. Why wouldn't we want to grow it? When I was uh, when I was just a little podcast, and I was first starting out in my career here, and I was trying to make it in in sports. At the time, the Raiders were still in Oakland, and I made the point on one of my podcasts that I felt like the NFL should eliminate the international series, and instead, ironically, put a series of games in Vegas every year. Why not just let fan bases flock to the city, make it a big experience, uh, and and essentially grow a thirty third market without having to add a thirty third market? It was my idea at the time, not knowing that my favorite team would eventually move to Vegas. My point on all of it is that there are great ways to grow the game here. And I and I, I totally get the understanding for international. It's the same thing we deal with in the in, in the music business. When when we first started, when I was with the band Perry and we started touring internationally, there was a real decision that had to go into that because frankly, you can make a bunch of money in America and lose a bunch of money in Europe, but you have to do that if you want to grow on both coasts. So like it's important in the development of an act that you go lose money to, to grow your fan base in Europe. I understand globally why it matters. I, I really do. The question is is it really something that the local community is just absolutely uh, do they love it because they're getting a little bit of NFL or do they love it because they've fallen in love with a particular team do they love it in a sustainable way like if it never came back would there still be people that are that are in London saying oh I just miss the NFL so much I, I don't know there's a it lot of like fans I, don't know. I, I, I do think there's a lot of fans I think the more you expose people to the sport the more they're going to get it you know, I mean, look at look at look at the way uh, international soccer has exploded here. I mean, you know, to a degree, yeah, but it's not like you know, Man United and Man City are playing a game every year here or something. You know, well, I get mean, a friendly mixed in. Man, are, if Man I mean, U was if if. If Man U was playing over here, the loyal people like the Premier League people over mm-hmm. there would just be freaking out about the fact that we're putting right. that. Why would we ever put that big game here? I, right. I, it's just the other part of it, too, I, as much as I joked about it earlier, when you buy a season ticket, like it's it's about your your fandom. It's about the memories that come with it. It's about taking your friends and your kids to these games. It's about all of these things. And then all, and it's so wildly expensive, especially if you're in a market that also requires a PSL. So now you've spent all this money for a personal seat license and a season ticket. And now they tell you, by the way, we're taking one of your home games away. And if you want it, then you're going to need to fly your family to Germany. Like, that just seems like it's such a slap in the face to the fans that support it every week at home. Yeah, because you know what it is, Fitz? They already got you. They already got your money. They already got your fandom. Let's go over here internationally and get some of this international sponsorship money and get into their arenas. and get. That's what this is all about. They don't give a rip about people in, in England or in, in Scotland or wherever else they're trying to play games. They're just trying to get extra money in their pockets. That's all they care about. And it's all under the cloak of, we want to expand the game, and we think it's important to... You want to expand the game to try to pad your pockets. That's all it is. And you're hurting the fans that you already have here. But how are you hurting them, really? 
did Fitz just not explain to you the well, thousands of uh, dollars you, that people like pay, and you're taking home games away from people? Yeah, but, I mean, again, hurting but you? now, but now with the added with the schedule, it's different because you're at 17 games now. All right. Yeah, but you're still, still losing, losing a home game, game from somebody. Yeah. Okay, but again, you it's not like again you had 16, now you have 17, and I could see, I could see this. Like I could see they're gonna they're gonna then have. You know, another you're going to add another game. You know, it's going to be an 18 game season, so it's not like you're 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 losing out. I mean, and it's a fun trip to go see your team go play in England. I don't know. I mean, because yeah, I mean, because so many of us can afford to make that. Well, trip, I'm not by talking the way. about that. I, like, I, I get it. Like, that's a once in a lifetime bucket list type of trip. Then that's kind of what's you know that's kind of what ha- how people view it. I mean. I don't but know, think, guys, I, I look at it and go, it's an interesting it, – I don't know, maybe because I like it. I, I think it's cool to kind of go into other places and, and you know, export something that we love. Maybe that's, maybe that's why I, – because I think it's a superior game. I understand but what the, the long history – like just looking at, looking at this year's lineup of games – the long history of rivalry between the Ravens and Titans. To not have that game here when it does mean something to both of those fan bases, to have Tyreek Hill take on the Chiefs in Germany instead of in Kansas City, like the right. the Colts and the Patriots, maybe they're not great teams right now, but Colts-Patriots mean something to a whole generation of fans. And the, the, the problem for the international series, you're a little damned if you do and damned if you don't. If all you ever do is give them bad Jags games, then you're not growing the game. So you have to give them good games, and I get that. But once you start giving them good games – then, man, I, I, I look, I can't believe I'm sympathetic with Chiefs fans, but I would imagine the Chiefs fans probably wanted their chance to boo Tyreek Hill. Now they're going to have to fly to Frankfurt to do that? Like, that's just, yeah. oh, it, it, that's the part of it that's hard for my brain to wrap around. All right, what about the time difference, guys? You like that? I, I love it. Now I'm on the East Coast, so I know Fitzy's on the East Coast. Figure you're out west, so I don't know if it's too early. I love the fact that, you know, I got, like, a game at at nine thirty, and then a game, and then games at one. And games I thought at you didn't like game. Hold on, then we had this conversation two yeah, weeks yeah, ago, yeah. Fitz, where he says I don't like the West Coast football. You can't start games at ten o'clock in the morning. Yes, oh, that's what happened to that. Uh-huh. Yeah, but here's the thing, though. I, in lieu of the night game, like you're you're tra- like now, nah, I'm not trading the night game. I still have my night game. You understand? Like uh, that is a strong, yeah. So you're just yeah, you're adding extra hours of football. yeah. Like if I want to add, I'm going to I'll add in the morning because now it's I'll get up. But I'm not doing. I'm not taking away the night game. I need my night football. I like my prime time football. Would if you lived West Coast, cousin? Would you get up at six? Because I have to. Yes. Pacific. Yeah. Get up. Get up at what five forty five? Like start like <laughs> yeah. What, uh, Figgy, what what are you what are you doing during the six thirty a.m. game? Like, are you like sitting out on the porch and watching it on your phone while the sun comes up and you have a cup of Joe? Like, oh, absolutely like? not. Two no. pros and a cup of Joe. Yeah, two pros. I was uh, the three of my favorite people, by the way, on that show. But no, yeah, abs- they are great people. Absolutely not. No, especially if you're throwing what Atlanta and Jacksonville. I'm, I'm all right. I'm good. You can throw as many <laughs> Toy Story broadcasts at me as you want. I think I'm, I think that's a hard pass. If I happen to wake up at that oh, point in time, just, then I roll over and turn it on. That is not appointment viewing for me to go out of my way to wake up at six o'clock in the morning. Not happening. Wow, you guys are are harsh. 
You guys are harsh on the on the international. All right, we're going to take a quick time out. We'll take a look at the card this weekend's football from a betting standpoint with our man, the big brain, and a little baseball. Maybe uh, we got some playoff matchups. Some are set, some are not. All coming up, fellas, Fox Sports Radio. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the south side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. All right, fellas. From the Tyrac.com studios. We're brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, your RV, your boat, your ATV, whatever you got on wheels. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. And uh, as we hang out, fellas, we're going to look at the card from a betting standpoint. And that joins us. The big brain on Brad, our betting analyst, Brad Feinberg. Good morning, Bradley. Good morning, Anthony. How are you today? Uh, we're good, buddy. We're good. Uh, another uh, another card on Saturday and a couple of the big games. First, let's tackle uh, USC and Colorado Prime against uh, another you know Pac-12 monster. This time, Caleb Williams in the USA offense. But I think we all agree here that there should be a ton of points scored and that Colorado should have an easier time against the USC defense than it did against Oregon, which overwhelmed them. Yeah, last week, that was one of my – it actually was my biggest bet, I believe, was – I think I had the most money on that game was on Oregon against Colorado. Uh, I thought it would be the exact kind of beatdown that it was. Um, I did bet this game, Anthony, too. Well, I do agree with you. Maybe it will be a little bit easier from what you said on the offensive side of the game for Colorado because Oregon's defense, uh, I do think, is better than USC. Uh, I did still bet USC in the first half minus 13 points, um, and I still do believe that USC will probably score a touchdown um, like every every uh, time they have the ball against um against this team. All right, so let's take a look at another game that we've been talking about all day, Notre Dame-Duke. And and I'm really curious, from your standpoint, how you factor in the emotions of last week for Notre Dame and the emotions of Duke being at home for the first time with all this attention and game day and all these things. How does that factor into what you look at when you're trying to figure out how to play a game like this? Yeah, that's a great question. Listen, as you said, look, this is probably, and I don't know if this, I don't think it's hyperbole, this is arguably the biggest game in the history of Duke football. It really is. And then you have, look, Notre Dame. Look, I know some people 
they think, wow, you know, coming off that loss, they'll, they'll be ready to come back. But I actually, I think it's a tougher spot for Notre Dame because of that loss. Um, I think it's just, I think it's a, a dream crusher. They were maybe thinking national championship. Now, you know, I you, you have to you're going into a team where again, Riley Leonard, I think is one of the most underrated players in all of college football. Duke, look, I got to give them credit. Yeah. I really do. I bet this team under season wins the last two years. I've been wrong, taking it up to Keister. Um, and look, I actually I mean here, Duke. I think it's a lot of points to be laying against a team that is very viable. I mean, look, their first game were against Clemson. They beat them handily. They passed that test. Uh, look, Notre Dame, look, I like Hartman. I like Notre Dame. They should have won that game last week. You know, we, we leaned that way last week against Ohio State. They got it done. Um, you know, well, actually, they, they basically pushed. I'm sorry, I take that back. But they, they should have beaten Ohio State. Um, yeah. But I actually think this is a tough game for them. Um, and that's just a lot of points. My numbers made this closer to, like, between three and three and a half. So getting five and a half, only way I can look here is the Blue Devils. Hey, I, I I love a, a potential upset spot tonight, and I threw it by, by the guys. I think Figgy liked it. Fitzy didn't like it. Uh, I like Mississippi State against <laughs> Alabama, and I know they're a big dog, fourteen and a half. I think they cover, and I think they got a chance, a pizza bet to to actually upset them. Yeah, well, it's funny. Look, Alabama made the quarterback switch, and I, I leaned Bama last week, and they did get it done. Mississippi State, I just have not, though, Anthony. That's, I don't think this is a great vintage Mississippi State team. They've had It's good- not, but I think the spot in Starkville, I think yeah. Rodgers is competent, can move the ball a little bit, and I'm not sold on the Bama offense. No, I'm not. Listen, only way I can look here would be the underdog. Mississippi State side because of the reasons you said. Rodgers is actually more than competent. And Alabama, here's the thing with Alabama. You're laying points with Alabama. This is, again, this is not your grandma's Alabama team that was kicking butt every single week, you know, putting up with with guys like Tua, Bryce Young, Jalen Hurts, uh, rolling, scoring in the 50s and the 60s and the 40s. This is a team that has to get it done much more with grinding it out. Uh, and so when you're laying, and again, the total of this game is only 46 and a half. When you're laying 14 and a half points in a, in a low total game, no thank you. That's not usually a recipe for success when you're laying that many points. Um, I think it's going to be hard for Alabama to score enough points uh, to cover a game like that. I do agree with you, Anthony. Uh, I'm not sure if, they can, if they're going to win the game, but you're, as you said, for a pizza bet getting five to one odds, I certainly don't have a problem with it because I agree with you. I think Alabama is overrated. And I think they're going to lose not one, but maybe two more games this year. Do you see a big value somewhere on the college football slate today? Well, look, I've got a couple games I'll tell you that I played that I that I happen to like. Look, I like LSU. Um, I do. Um, look, Mississippi's a team that I think is actually a little bit overrated. I really do. Um, they've not really impressed me at all. LSU, now again, maybe I'm overrating them. It's it's quite possible, but talent-wise, I think they're potentially right there at the top in college football. Uh, their game last week against Arkansas was a little concerning for me. Uh, I was surprised how close that game was, but um, I just think they're clearly the better team here versus an Ole Miss team. To me, that again has not really impressed me in any game. Um, I think this team is overrated, Ole Miss. Uh, last week against Alabama, they weren't able to get it done or even getting close to getting it done. My numbers made this LSU closer to a four-point favorite. Again, three is king in every 
football game. It's only two and a half. I like that. Um, another game that I like as well is South Carolina is an underdog role. Um, I think South Carolina, again, it's interesting. I got to give Rattler a lot of credit. He, to me, has played you know, closer to the Spencer Rattler we saw his freshman year. Um, I think he's good, and I wouldn't have said that um, in the past, but I think he's playing really well. I think Tennessee is a really overrated team. Um, I don't think I don't have Tennessee rated anywhere near as high in the, as the market does. Um, this you want to talk about a pizza bet guy? That uh, you know, Anthony. Um, I like South Carolina. I wouldn't be surprised if they. And I know Tennessee's a hard place to play, but uh, I like them getting twelve points. Uh, and I wouldn't be shocked if they won this game outright. I do, I don't think Tennessee is nearly as good um, as the market thinks they are. Oh, that's good. Um, I like that play a lot. Hey, sit tight, Bradley. I just want to get uh, trending with Figgy, and then we'll ask you about the NFL. Fig! All right, we'll go to the Ryder Cup. Europe still holding on to that lead, a nine and a half points to two and a half points for the United States as they are about halfway through their four balls portion of the day in their competition. Moving on to Major League Baseball from Friday night, you had the Dodgers picking up a victory over the Giants six to two earlier in the day. San Francisco fired their manager Gabe Kapler. Seattle shut out Texas eight nothing, while Houston defeated Arizona two to one. In the American League West, the Rangers have a one game lead over the Astros and a two game lead over. Over Seattle, Houston leads the Mariners by one game for the final AL wild card spot. You had victories for Miami and Cincinnati, while the Cubs lost in Milwaukee in extra innings. So the Marlins have a one and a half game lead over Cincinnati and the Cubs for the final wild card in the National League. In college football, DJ Uyunglele threw a touchdown pass, leading Oregon State over number ten Utah twenty-one to seven. BYU getting a couple of touchdown passes from Keaton Slovis in a thirty-five to twenty-seven victory over Cincinnati. Louisville now 5-0 on the season. They pick up a 13-10 victory over NC State. Back to the fellas. All right, that's us. We are the fellas from the TireRack.com studios. Our man, the Big Brain, with us. And uh, Big Brain, real quick, uh, you are 138-105. That's a a healthy record. That means uh, you are in in the black in a big way. If people want to get a hold of you, how do they do that? Yeah, Anthony, I appreciate that. 138 and 105, up a bunch of units. Doing great. Again, go to my Twitter handle, at Brad's Best Bets. At Brad's Best Bets. I win. I'm going to keep winning. Um, Again, I really take this seriously. I try to give good information to people. Um, You get all my props. You get all my games. uh, And it's, it's not, again, I don't. I don't do it. I'm not charging much, but I, I think it's something that for everyone listening out there, if you want to win, you enjoy this. Uh, I have a track record of 25 years of never having had a losing year. That's pretty good. Uh, so I, uh, I think it's worth, uh, work, you know, hopefully taking a shot in that and you'll, you know, hopefully enjoy and have fun and actually win some money with me as well. All right. Uh, Buffalo. And I know, you know yourself, so I'll tell you that right off the bat. Buffalo, Miami, the game of the week. Yep. I unabashedly like Buffalo. I unabashedly bet Buffalo as well, too. And listen, I'm a big Tua believer, and I'm a big – I like the Dolphins. I really do. But you know what, Anthony? It's funny. I I think this line's too low. I do. And, again, coming off that 70-point week against Chicago, this will be far and away. Let's let's be honest here, okay? Miami's played great, and I like Miami. But, I mean, look, their toughest game was – you know, they they eked out a win against the Chargers. 
they beat the Patriots in a pretty close game, and then they smoked in a completely impotent Denver team. But now they have to face the best team they faced by a mile. Buffalo has owned this team. Buffalo is at home. This is going to be a great home field advantage in this game. Um, look, I, I, anything less than a field goal, uh, this is probably my second best game of the week. I really like the Bills. Again, I don't think they're going to blow them out or anything like that. But I think it's a game they certainly win. You know, probably in that three to ten range. And I and I think you know, uh, I love Josh Allen over one and a half passing touchdowns. One of my favorite props. Um, that bet has been a seventy-two percent winning bet over time. See no reason why I won't throw two touchdowns this week versus the uh, Dolphins. You mentioned that's your second favorite bet. What's your favorite bet? You know, look, I, I'm going to be honest, Nancy. You, which team? <laughs> Did we watch on Monday night that was uh, definitely a little bit overrated? Was the uh, was the NBA Buccaneers to me? Look, I think the Saints are better on both sides of the ball. I don't really get this line. Again, I I think Tampa is getting way too much love here. I think the Saints are laying three at home. Uh, I think Carr is going to play, but even if he doesn't play, uh, I still think even with Winston, even if, but I do think Carr is going to play. But even with Winston, I like this bet. Um, I think Tampa Bay is getting uh, just way too much love here. Uh, I think, again, the Saints are better in every aspect. There's nothing you're going to throw at me in this game where I don't think the Saints have the edge. Um, home field advantage, better defense, better offense, better every every position. I, again, I, I really I really like this game. Again, it's one football game. Anything can happen in any one game. Yeah. But I really do like this. And I'll give you a, a couple props in this game to your listeners. Mike Thomas, over four and a half catches. Over time, it's a crazy good bet. But even this version of Mike Thomas, this injured version, it's still 11-3, and three, his last 14. And Baker Mayfield, under 14 and a half yards rushing. Guys, this bet is won about 77% of the time consistently. Baker Mayfield rarely goes over 14 and a half rushing yards. Very rarely do I find a prop that, that has that much edge. Uh, really like I had it last week against the Eagles as well. They're going to keep making Baker Mayfield that high of a rusher. Take his under. All right. Uh, don't forget, football fans, be sure to tune into Fox Sports Radio every Saturday morning, beginning at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific. Count down the kickoff right after us, presented by BetMGM, my man Brian No, Rich Holmberger, and of course, Jared Smith, the, our betting analyst, will have you covered three hours before college kickoffs every Saturday morning. Listen to Countdown to Kickoff presented by BetMGM right here on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. All right, uh, I got to ask you how how the Damian Lillard to Milwaukee affected the NBA futures betting markets. Uh, that one was a right cross. I didn't I didn't see coming. <laughs> Yeah, it was a right cross for me. Well, it's funny. Um, I had uh, I had bet against Miami to win the division because I didn't think Lillard was going to go there. So for that part, it was good. But I had had a bet on the Cavaliers to win the division, and that took a hit because um, those odds actually went up. Look, I mean, obviously, uh, they, they improved tremendously on the offensive side of the ball, and they've become the favorite now to win the title. Is it warranted? Uh, look, we'll see. Again, Drew Holiday is probably, Anthony, one of my all-time favorite players in terms of I just think he's a winner. I think he's incredible. Um, I think he's a great defensive player. I think he's a great all-around player. But I have to be fair about it. When I watched the Bucks in the playoffs, they didn't have that other dynamic score to, to help carry them. Um, and in playoff time, um, having that second dynamite player and it'd be a two-man game with him and Giannis, 
can be pretty good. Um, look, obviously it, it helps them. It does. Uh, does it make them the favorite? You could certainly argue they deserve to be that, and they are the favorite now. Uh, it'll be interesting. Look, the NBA is going to be a great, a great year this year. A lot of huge competition. I think a, one thing to look at, Anthony, is what team's now going to get Drew Holiday, right? If one of these contenders gets Drew Holiday, again, I, I think the Bucks improved themselves. Uh, so I think it was drastic. No, I don't. I really don't because I also think Grace Allen was a legitimate contributing player for them. Not that you can't replace him. You certainly can. But they also lost Javon Carter defensively, who was good for them last year. Now you take away him and Holiday. Do you think defensively maybe there could be some cracks with the Bucks this year? Yeah, I I, I agree. I, I it's funny. I was talking to uh, somebody and I was told that there's a lot of bidders for Drew Holiday. Sixers are one of them, but there's a lot of bidders. Hey, Brad, great stuff as always, my brother. You kill it, man. Thank you. I appreciate Thank it, you, brother. Good luck to everyone out there. Thank you so much, Anthony. All right, there he is. The big brain on Brad. All right, Fitzy Figgy. Shay, Mighty Mark, we'll come back and uh, wrap it up and have some fun. What are we watching this weekend? What are we doing this weekend? We'll talk about that coming up next. Fellas, Fox Sports Radio. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the south side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. And the left-handers, 3-1 pitch to Crawford. Swing and a well-hit ball down the right field line. This one is gone. Get out the right, Brad Grandma. It is Grand Salami time. J.P. Crawford with his second Grand Salami of the season. <laughs> the rye bread out. Uh, I don't know how I feel about that. All I know is that was the play of the day. Yes. Progressive play of the day for the uh, Mariners. Progressive makes things even easier. They're going to help you bundle your home, car chores together, so you can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or you can call 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. Part of me kind of likes the uh, that kind of, you know, corn, but, you know, kind of sweet. You know, get the rye bread out, Grandma, for the salami. You know, so part of me likes that stuff. And then part of me goes, yeah, it's 2023. I don't know. How about you, Fitzy? Uh, look, I, I like the joy. This is one of those things. It's kind of like so often when we see these, the modern phenomenon of megacasts that are all about, like, personalities. Yeah. It's fine if it's not my favorite team. 
It's, if it's my favorite team and I want this like glorious moment, I don't want like I, 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 it's not a salami call. Like I, I just don't want that on my favorite team. You know, like if if I'm watching my favorite team, I don't want all the shtick. Like I'm not going to watch the Toy Story version of a Raiders game, but you know, no, I'd be no. intrigued to watch the Toy Story version of a different game. You know, like right. that's the the best way. All of the the any of the extra fluff that comes with the broadcast and a cute call. You know, I I uh, for years I read college football highlights and I always used to like to say Swiggity Swooty. He's going for the booty uh, every time there was a long touchdown <laughs> run. And I look, I, it's one of those things that I realized it's crutch. And, and finally, one of a, a producer came to me. He's like, hey, man, twice a show. That's all you get is twice a show with the swiggity swooty line. And I'm like, I don't know. It's a thing. It works. So I think sometimes, you know, announcers just get bored. They want to do fun. Well, give it to me again. Swiggity swooty. He's going for the booty. That's a touchdown. That's, a, that's an easy call. <laughs> It's like a, it's like a, a meme of like the penguin that's like going through. If you type it into your phone, you'll see the penguin that's like doing a little dance and it says "Swiggity Swooty" going for the booty underneath it. So you know it means something different, I think, in that landscape than it does. But like booty is a pirate treasure, you know, that you get for scoring the six points and a touchdown. That's that's my logic. I'm not right. Like I get that now. My brain's wired weird. <laughs> no, I like it. I do. I it's like definitely it. not the first thing I thought of. I'm going to be quite completely honest with you. So no, nobody knows. But you know. <laughs> All right, now time to do what are we watching this weekend? What's really kind of catching our eyes for this weekend and this weekend's card of football and baseball? And uh, Shay, our fine producer, I'm going to start with you, buddy. Where, what are we watching, pal? I'm waking up bright and early at 6.30 a.m. to watch the Falcons take on the Jaguars, baby. Look at you. I love Come it. On. You like international football. Come on. Play, I love waking football. up early. Come on. Look at that. See, guys, he's having mimosas. He's got football mimosas, I haven't man. slept. Are you kidding me? I'm not waking up. Look at that. Dude, that's why That's why you're a strong football man. No, he's not, he's not even going to sleep. It's all show. Like, Shay just now brings out that he's team international at the end of the show. Didn't right. have the... You know hey man, what? You guys, you guys were earlier. going in. I couldn't, I couldn't come in at the time. You guys were really passionate uh, about it. I don't want to take away from the, uh, from the passion. Coward. <laughs> <laughs> Tell right, you're on the right side of it, brother. Mighty Mark, what are we watching? Mighty Mark, our fine sound engineer. Since the White Sox are out, is it too early to pull for the Orioles? No, I, I know you, they're in now, so I'll pull for the Orioles. I I love that. I'm so glad you brought that up. I had the Orioles down in my notebook, and I just never got to them. And they are such an incredible story. I love the fact the Orioles winning 100 games, clinching that division, and uh, they're a great story. I, I I agree. I think Mark, you're spot on, man. Everybody's got to hoist one for the O's. That's beautiful. Can I, uh, can I tell you a Camden Yard story real quick? Uh, yeah. In high school. Sure. Uh, at Camden Yard. They just opened up the new Camden Yards, and I was down there. Uh, went to high school not far from Baltimore for a couple of years. And uh, so we skipped school like the irresponsible students we were, and we went to the game. And uh, I'll never forget, you know, Camden Yards was kind of quiet that day. And I was standing up, and I decided that they needed a rally. They needed a little emphasis energy. So I started screaming. And I was just, you know, trying to make a little noise, bring the uh, environment up. Guy five rows behind me just yells in this very quiet Camden Yards, sit down, you stupid jerk. 
for years, my friends from high school would just, to this day, if I say anything they don't like, sit down, you stupid jerk, all thanks to the Orioles and Camden Yards. But I'm still very happy for Baltimore. Oh, uh, that's, that's great. Sounds like Baltimore to me. That's great. Figgy, what are you watching, baby? I'm watching a, a Big 12 tilt. By the way, shout out to the basketball schools, uh, uh, schools making some noise in football with Duke. We talked about them in Notre Dame. And Kansas going to Texas. Now, do I think they'll win? No. But I do love Jalen Daniels. They have a really good running back as well. I think they can score some points against the Texas defense. Would not surprise me if they found a way to cover that 17-point spread. So I'm keeping an eye on that one. That's a good one. That's a, And that's a good game. That's an underrated game we haven't, we haven't spoken about. I like that. All right, Fitzy, what are you watching? You guys are all liars. It's Dolphins-Bills. We know it's Dolphins-Bills. Dolphins-Bills is the game of the weekend. I don't even have to tell you why. What are you watching, cuz? I, I won't be watching Dolphins Bills because I'll be watching Eagles Commanders. <laughs> it's all at the same time. So I'll be watching my Eagles. Uh, that's going to do it for us. Listen, guys, thank you for hanging with you. We love with us. We love you. Have a great weekend. Fellas are out. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.